welcome in everybody to another episode of Scurry in the Scrub. It is me, Scurry of Scurry in the Scrub, here with a special guest today. We got Mitch Ballack, everyone. Uh, Mitch, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. Just ready to get hop, hop on the call and get to it. Yeah, man. We've been wanting you on here for a little bit. Like we've been chopping up the season, but we ain't we ain't been able to talk to the cat captain. Hey, but before we do that, hold up. I didn't see that in the back. If we're talking about goats, is that my man Brady and Randy and on the, course, the back? Of course, of course. You know I got to rep the rep, rep the New England sports. I'm out you're here. You're tough. Know. Yeah, yeah, man. We, we respect I, the goats on this podcast. We got Jordan in yeah. the background, Brady in the background. We got Hey, that's fair. That's we got fair. Mitch on the podcast. We respect the goats around. No, no, no. See, two two out of three. Two out of three. <laughs> Two out of three. No, man. Hey, if you shoot 66.67 we from three, you good. We were giving him a hard time off air, though. But, like, this is – I'm so glad Mitch showed up like this, though, because this is, like, if you were to put together, like, a – you know, name, image, image, and likeness is coming up. So, we were to put together, like, a Mitch Ballack, like, name, image, and likeness. It'd oh, be, yeah. Like, fully bearded up, hasn't touched a razor in months. Absolutely. No, I don't uh, know if a you tank top, a tank top cut off, c- covered in sweat, right out of the gym. Like, this is oh, like, easily. This is like like, Mitch, you know, like personified right here. He's got the image like, right now. Like you would be able to tell, like if you saw like you know Denzel, like his silhouette with the goggles, like you'd be mm-hmm. able to tell that. Like if Mitch had like a player silhouette, it would be like cut off gray tee with the you know Creighton shorts and then some blue Nikes, maybe some white. You might have the white generic if it was just your. Name, image, and likeness. It might be. Oh, that. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, you don't have to spice it up much, man. Simple as simple as simple wins. Simple, simple wins. Hey, and with the simple beard, wins. you know, you know, it's savage season when it starts to connect to the chest hair. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, same, yeah, bro. You just gotta let. <laughs> you just gotta let it roll. That always happens to me. I hate. That. I gotta shave like right here. It's always. Yeah, it is what it it's is. It's always right. a problem. Yeah, but man, but anyway. <laughs> anyway, man, how you doing? How's school? School's good. Uh, what, two and a half weeks left. I finish a couple classes next week, and then I'm done, man. That's good, I'm man. Getting ready. I'm looking forward to that feeling. Yeah. How's it been, mainly online and all that? Uh, actually, my class has been all in person. Obviously, that month we were in the bubble, uh, I wasn't in person. But uh, it was difficult on the road, obviously, because we had practice times that were scheduled by the NCAA, and they were in the middle of the day during classes. So I missed a lot of classes in the bubble, which is crazy because we're not doing anything all day. And then when we finally do something, it's a lift or a gym time and you miss all your classes. So that's just go figure. But yeah. at the end of the day, that's how it is. Uh, but it's been good. It's fun. Uh, just kind of ready to get out. Yeah. What are you, no, what like are you, what are you doing? Like what's, what's that commercial? Like uh, these athletes will go pro in something other than sports. Like what's, what are you going pro in other than shooting threes and all over the world? <laughs> shooting threes. Uh, I'm going pro in life man i'm just going pro in life (laughs) i got nothing else just do the basketball thing see if it works and then hopefully i can start my own deal with with some different businesses and stuff so i'm in the business school i'm getting a business degree generic just to kind of set me up for something for life beyond basketball so that's kind of where i'm at i like it it's cool man you won't be be intimidated in those meetings when they're like talking all that business lingo you're like i know what you guys are saying yeah. yeah, I have I have a degree that says I know how to talk about this kind of stuff, <laughs> right? One of those. I mean, I was a part of groups or teams. Yeah, like I, I did I did class projects. It's like the same thing, <laughs> right? Same, yeah, class projects is the same. Yeah, I won't do any of the book work, but you guys got that. Yeah, I'm here for I'm here for moral support. I know how to be a leader. Like I, oh, yeah. I, I communication. They taught us that on the yep, court, yep, so yep, I can right. even I can apply that here. We can come up with like a title for you. It would be like uh, just like a mood. 
adjuster type of deal. Like if people are, <laughs> if morale is low, Mitch just comes in, clap it up real quick. Yep. All right, guys, next possession, next play. Let's yep, go. One of, one of Wait, the, I, yeah. I, feel, I feel like I might've done that for like four years. Right. You know? I feel like we have some expertise. <laughs> I feel like that's what I, yeah. I feel like that's what I did for like, yeah. I like run up yeah. to you. Is that not what I did? And like, Hey, with, hey with, with none of that, there's no us. You feel me? Right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. It's, all, it's a domino effect. Exactly. That's awesome. Hey, we missed that this year, though. Obviously, with no fans and everything early, we needed that energy from the sideline. It took us a couple games to get going. Yeah, so. man. I so kind of wanted greatly to, missed, my brother. Man, I kind of wanted to get into that because I was even talking to Matt off air just a little bit about, like, for me, my final season was like, you know, you saw all of it, the ins and outs, like what it was and even how it ended. But for me, for this to be my first year, just talking about Creighton sports and watching games from an outsider's perspective, like I can't imagine how much differently, like I had all my conversations with all you guys, like throughout the season, but still I am looking back on it. And I know you guys are too. Like I could not imagine having gone through that, man. Cause you know me, like I would have risked it all like one night trying to sneak out and get a milkshake before, night before a game. Like, and then what, I can't come in the locker room or like, I, I just, yeah, no doubt. how was it? How was it that adjustment? Uh, the adjustment was different. Um, I mean, obviously looking back, I'd say we did a really good job because we didn't have any really, we didn't have any pauses. Uh, I think we honestly did too good of a job because if you see the teams in the, in the tournament, I mean, they all had that two week break where, I mean, look fresh, you know, playing. And I mean, like Bailey was a testament to it. Like they look like some dogs energized, rolling, like they had that two week break. Obviously they were slow getting back. They dropped those couple games out, out of the quarantine deal, but I think it served them well, honestly. So if we could run it back, I'd say somebody just or a false positive or something. We take two weeks. And I knew I could have had value. That's where I would have had value for this year's team. I would have oh, been yeah. a sacrificial sure. lamb. Yes. Bro. I, I would have been the and when I would have heard everybody was tired and dragging, I would have just been like, Coach, I'm gonna go out tonight <laughs> and then just act like you didn't know in the morning. Yep, you'll hold us down. Was, you know what I mean? Like yeah, I could have down. See, I could have definitely helped. I knew it. It's all good. But the adjustment, though, like the Baylor thing is crazy, too, because they dropped those games in February. And then all of a sudden people were like kind of taking them out of the Gonzaga tier. Like, oh, I don't know. Maybe Michigan's better than them. And then it's like then that tourney starts. And this is this is what I love about the NCAA tournament. All the narratives get rewritten because they just washed everybody. I mean, even Gonzaga had no business being on the same floor with them. Like, hey, no, no, it was right there for 31 minutes. Yeah, it's like, but but how do you feel, how do you feel about their pause and their losses in February? Now they, yeah. they won it all. Like who who cares? Who's talking about that? Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'd say if the season was run back and we did it all again, I think they wouldn't do it any different way. Which which is mm-hmm. fair, and we wouldn't either. You know, like it's. I mean, you got to be safe and healthy and do all this, but uh, I don't know. I think you there's benefit in both sides of it, but mm-hmm. the adjustment was just. I mean, it was it was weird at the at the beginning of the year, especially because like early, no one had fans, and then we go to Kansas, and there there wasn't twenty five hundred people. There was like six thousand in there. And <laughs> oh, that the atmosphere was big time. Yeah, it no, felt big time I had no- on TV. It was like, damn, this place is loud. Yeah, and then it went, and then it went from that to nobody, and then then we started letting up two thousand people in our place, and then we go to the East Coast and play in Providence's practice gym and like or whatever it was, and it was just like. This is it was just like you're always playing in different places with no people or some mm-hmm. people. And it was just it was weird. But mm-hmm. you had to kind of get used to it. How was that for you as a shooter? I wanted to ask you that because I know like 
you're used to what shooting in empty gyms. You've done that more times than anything else. Right. right? So did, was that easy to adjust to, or did it take some time? Uh, I don't know. It was, it, I think it's all the same. Um, the ones that I didn't like was when they had it piped in the sounds piped in. Like we mm -hmm. went to, which is ironic. Uh, we went to Seton hall and I hated that, but then I shot well. So then it was like, well, whatever, I'll take it, you know, but with that being said, I don't know. Um, it was probably the same. Um, but there was less heat checks. You know what I mean? Like you don't get caught up oh, in the emotion. No of the adrenaline. No adrenaline. Oh, yeah. Not the same. I mean, like if you talk, if we talk about the Paul junior year, like I shot like a 45 footer for no reason, just because we were teed up. So I was like, yeah, I was like, I just got to, I just got to get one up this year. You just, I probably you just, got, you just got that block shot. So you were like, I'm, I'm as soon as I touch this thing, it's going up. Like, oh, it's yeah. going up. And we were, we were, it was Lob City, and the crowd was going crazy, and we, it was, but like, so, so that energy and those shots, they might, the forty footers might turn into thirty footers after a couple passes. So, so know, you got, your I don't know. That, that's that's probably probably the biggest thing, just because you, you're you not, shot a career high of like forty footers this year. So you're good. You got it. You're good. <laughs> I appreciate it. Keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, for real. I actually went through synergy and like had to look up like I was like, how ridiculous is Mitch actually? Like, yeah, it's actually pretty ridiculous. Yeah. He had asked. I think me, it's you. It's you and Caitlin Clark are the only people who shoot from there. That's it. Really? Yeah. Like they, Iowa. She, you know the Iowa. Iowa yep. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah she will, she'll pull from every logo she finds. Like in, in yeah, she's tough. Yeah. So you and her are the only ones who are like doing that little like slow drill between the legs, rock them to sleep, pull up from 40 in their face. Like that's only two people. That's it. <laughs> Hilarious. Hey, if I'm in the same conversation as her, I'm in a good conversation. Not bad, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. Um, I just remember, I just remember the stat that you asked me about. You were like, how many plus like 35 foot threes you think Mitch has shot this year? And I think I undershot the amount of threes you even took by that far by like mm -hmm. five times. Like, <laughs> I don't remember what it was, but I was like, oh, no, he's, he's taking like 30. And he was like, yeah, no, it's, it's more like a hundred or so. And I was like, oh, okay. Let it fly oh, there. It, or what? it wasn't like, I think it was. It's not a hundred. No, it's not a hundred. That'd be obscene. Um, no, that would be ridiculous. You'd be getting no. like, you'd be getting like leading sports center with Steph every night. If you were shooting. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. I was trying to, I was, I did try to compare you. I did try to compare you to Steph and Dame to see if anything like made sense, but they shoot so many ridiculous shots. It's like, Oh yeah. It was I'm like, Steph that. was like at one fifty. Uh Dame was at like, you know, 130, 135, and then Mitch, you were like at 25. So it's like there's still a difference there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> those guys are those guys are different, different. So oh, those guys, those guys, I mean, in a league of their own. Yeah. But uh which is special to watch. I mean, this stuff mm -hmm. Steph's been doing in the last three weeks, four weeks has been nuts. Absurd, man. Dude, should he be it, the MVP? Like, should, like I know it's crazy because they're okay. not a great team, but like he's putting up some stupid numbers. If okay. it's me personally, Listen, I I got to throw him in the top three, but I don't think I'd give it to him. I mean, his numbers are by far and above and beyond what he did in his unanimous year. Yeah. Like in his performance. But at the end of the day, like you do have to win. And I understand like his team's not like what it was with, with clay and KD and, the, and those guys, or even before KD, like they had solid teams and clay clay is adds everything to that team and opens mm -hmm. up, you know, everything. Mm -hmm. But what he's doing is unbelievable, but I don't think you can give him the MVP. Honestly, just I think you got to go with. I mean, Jokic is doing his thing, and Embiid's doing his thing. So I don't know, Jordan. What were you gonna say? This is my thing with this, and I've I have 
I have to, I don't want to go on a long tangent here, but I always think there should be two different awards for what we're saying is MVP. Like there needs to be like, and I go back to, it was when James Harden was really started killing at first in Houston that I always said, like, there needs to be like most valuable player, like value. Like that's like your Giannis's, your LeBron's that your your dudes that it was like, this team would not be winning if it wasn't for this dude. But then there should also be like most impressive season award too, where it's like this dude did something maybe on a losing team, like a, what Julius Randle's doing, what Steph's doing, like that should be a whole different award. What James Harden was doing back in, in Houston when they weren't winning like that, like that should be a whole different thing where it's like most impressive throughout the season versus the most value. Like, what are we talking about value? Mm-hmm. Are we talking about impressive? Or are we talking about best, like best performances? Or are we talking about value? So like, that's where I think there should be two different. I know there's not, but it's a, it's a, yeah. I just think they're two different things. That's where like the Steph thing comes into play. I think it, Russ kind of changed this conversation because he, he averaged the triple double for a mm-hmm. OKC team. That was like a seven seed or something like that. Um, they weren't a contender, but he won the MVP. And I'm like, I'm like, all right. So MVP, I agree with your like, uh, you know, de- definition of what value is in terms of how it correlates to success with the team. But at the same time, if you're giving the MVP to the to the top players on the best teams, like yeah, they elevate their teams into like contender status. But Steph is also elevating Golden State. That team is trash. 100%. Trash without 100%. him. They're, they're like a single-digit win team maybe without him. 100%. So, so the fact that he even has them in playoff contention is elevation in itself and adding value. And then I think when 100%. you look at his numbers, I'm just like, I just don't even – he's the hardest person – he's the hardest player in the NBA to defend. Oh, no question. Just like, period. So, what it, so at the end of the day, if the numbers translate, if they're efficient, if the team is elevated because of it, and he also is clearly the hardest player to defend on a nightly basis. I don't even feel like there's much of a conversation to have about it. And if you're, I understand like Jokic and Embiid deserve praise, but like Steph belongs in that conversation at the very least. I feel like he's been getting dismissed because Golden State isn't a title contender. And I'm like, I don't know. I agree with that. Like, no that question. Like but that's, but that's, that's, that's also just because recency. Like that's everyone thinking like, mm-hmm. oh, they were this championship yeah. team when it's a completely different team. But you can't expect casual fans to, like, understand that, oh, he's leading a whole different team into the playoffs right now. The way it looked, like, the optics of it is that it looks like just him healthy isn't enough. Like, yeah, like, it's not not the history hurting him, right? Yeah, that's not his history is hurting. That's what I'll make that argument. But I don't I mean, you, you have to, like, actually look at it from this lens to really understand it. Well, all I know is that I'm enjoying the show right now. Like, what was that tweet I sent you the other night? I was like. We're sending out the bat signal every time Steph starts cooking. Like everybody's like, "Hey, like, how do you guard that, Mitch? What would you do? How would you guard? Would you would you let him shoot, or would you like just try to get him, let him go to the basket? Because I, I, I've been, I've been having this debate all, all. I honestly, I honestly don't know. I like, I thought about this. Like, when you look at scouting reports for guys, like there's 25 or 30 guys in the league. There's no scouting report for. Like, you can't, you can't do any anything. Like, I don't know what you. I honestly like one game. If he's just on a heater, like don't guard him. I don't know <laughs> because then, like, he'd be like, "What?" And it's yeah. like the only thing you could throw at him. He doesn't know. Yeah, 
Yeah, but like it was one time, like don't close out on him or something, and yeah. like you know what I mean. Maybe, like maybe I don't know. that'll oh, mess with his head. Yeah, yeah, maybe that'll mess with his head. And and what I've seen with with guys like Steph, like Steph is elusive and like can do. If you press up enemies going by you, and he's crafty enough with both hands and has every finishing move at the at the rim. Uh, but at the same time, I think that's how you how you do it. You just got to be ultra physical with him. Mm-hmm. And on the defensive end, you have to wear him out as much as you can, like. When the other team's on offense, you have to just kind of you got to go at him, post him, like just try and beat him up. Honestly, take yeah. his legs out from under him because if he doesn't have legs, and I mean, he's still gonna hit shots. That's the crazy thing. But he might not oh, hit him in a forty. Against Boston, when he caught the inbounds pass and sprained his ankle, I was like, oh no, like he's down. I was like, he's not. He won't. He, he won't come out hitting. And then of course he does the athlete thing we all do, where when you like tweak an ankle or you think you're hurt for a second. You like are like, yeah, I'm gonna take the worst shot possible and see if it works out right now. <laughs> and he like puts like a tween tween behind the back, step back, pull up, and I'm like, yeah, no, he's fine. He's got a good it, angle. It was like a 32 footer on the left wing, wasn't it? Yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, he's good. I, I guess those braces work, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> like, that? Hey, that game, that game was what well, that game was top three games of the year. That was top mm-hmm. three games of the year. Easy. Mm-hmm. Dude, that Easy. was high level. Jason high Tate, level. Dizzy. What was that? What was that like up and under like shot fake like throw up at the like he with the left hand, hand. yeah, yeah the with the left, left hand cash it was like all net it's like come on man that's like but that comes from the fact that you know he's just in the gym working on both mm. hands so in his just dexterity is so next level yeah. like his just hand eye is just you can see it's it's a, it's it's something to watch man it's yeah but me and my buddy ravi said they need to make a new they need to like scrap the dunk contest and have like a Trick like shot, a, a three-point shootout from like weird spots in the in the arena. I was like, just fun. imagine if like Damon and Steph are like pulling up from like the concourse. Yeah, you know I mean, they're just like out there. Like they practically like they did it in the All Star game. game this year. Didn't both of them? They both like went back to back from half court. Yeah, yeah. there's like yeah, they, pull up cash. Like, yeah, <laughs> let them do that. That that'd be more exciting than the, everybody's seen like kind of every dunk at this point. I feel like it's we're not giving it credit because we've seen it all already. Like. Spice it up a little bit. Let them do a three-point shootout from just like, all right, you go back tunnel, off angle, behind the backboard. Um, you go in the concourse, like just have them go crazy. Like they shoot those anyway. Steph did oh, yeah. hit one. He hit one from the concourse like early in the season, like before a game. He was like out standing up in like section 100. And he just like cashed it. It's like, what the – that's what I'm talking about. Let them do that. That would be right. awesome. Sick. Yeah, no, and, and and the cool thing about Steph is like what we're watching, like there there have been few guys to come through the league. I'd probably say three or four guys that have in the whole NBA that like you'll get a text from somebody or you'll send a text to somebody and be like, yo, you gotta turn the TV on. Like I'll text my dad, my brother, I'll be like, yo, turn the Warriors game on. This is stupid. Mm-hmm. Like this is crazy. You know what I mean? Like guys, like guys will come out and have 40, but it's just not. It's just not the flavor that Steph does it with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Delete, like man. the flavor is unbelievable. It's just like, it's like, this is just ridiculous. Yeah. And and in a way, I mean, I was like, we were at the park playing disc golf the other day and there's just kids sitting out there shooting half quarters. And I'm like, see, that's the Steph effect. But like, yeah. I just don't, it like, it's, it's incredible. I've never seen a guy that you just be like, Hey, like drop what you're doing, you know, like turn this on. Like it's, it's beneficial. I even get my girl to watch it. It's well, no, it's way. true. It's the way he plays. He makes it's it look crazy. So, yeah. He makes it look so effortless. Like, crazy. And, and like, I know people have said that and I'm not trying to sound cliche, but like, he really like, it doesn't look like he's trying hard and no. everything that he's doing is a ridiculous 
degree of difficulty. It's just like, ridiculous. <laughs> like he doesn't make many shots where it's just like a one-two pull up. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes he does. He'll make a 17 footer like off a one-two pull up. But dude, his it's just it's nuts. There have been three players in my lifetime. <clears throat> and this is why I get like this is where I'm, I make LeBron fans mad when I say this kind of stuff, but it's it's true. There are three players in my lifetime who have um, had such an impact on the game. They changed the way the future players play it. And it was Michael Jordan. And I don't, I don't want to disrespect Kobe, but like Kobe followed. Kobe oh, did all oh, the stuff Mike. that MJ Kobe did. Follow Mike. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was Michael Jordan. Everybody wanted to be like Mike. Those Gatorade commercials were like transcendent. Um, Allen Iverson, because he got yep. like the and one, like he made those those and one Reeboks crazy. Uh, all the all the crossover dribble moves, all that type of stuff, and like getting into your shot. Like honestly, Steph picked up a lot of stuff from AI. He just made it from like forty feet, essentially, like all that crossover stuff and into your into your shot. That's all AI. So it was like my MJ, Iverson, and Steph. They all changed the way people like play the game like Mitch said when you're just at the park and you're watching people try stuff like if you go through the generations of the way people play the game Michael Jordan, Allen Iverson, Steph Curry are the three dudes who changed the way people play the play basketball. I'm like that's, that's I jump on board with that. Yeah. No, I de- I'll definitely back that because it's just like Mitch said it's that swag like it's mm-hmm. it's the way that Steph does it that yeah. makes it so that makes it must watch TV. It's the way that AI had the crossover and the arm sleeve and the bands on. Like, it was like, oh, you got to watch that. And it was the way Mike was doing moves that nobody ever saw before. Like, right. <laughs> literally inventing moves on the fly. Like, yeah. people were like, wait, you can do that? When he went when he went up and under, like, in the finals in 91 against the Lakers, that thing, like, that, that changed the world. Like, everybody was like, what the hell just happened? Marv Albert almost, like, blew Girl. his head off. Like, it was like, poof. It was like a spectacular move, you know that call? Like that thing is was in highlight reels of every finals game, every final series, my whole life. That move. And it's like that's the type of stuff we're talking about. Like they, it's not. I'm not. I don't diss LeBron by saying it, but not everybody can do what LeBron can do. You know what yep. I mean? He's just no like doubt. he's built physically built different than anybody ever. So yep. it's hard to replicate what he does on the floor. Um, yep. But Steph. AI MJ are all dudes that like they influenced how everybody from like street ball to college to high school to pro how everybody plays the game like you you practice the moves you watch them do on TV like yep. that's, that's the thing so I'm all about Steph being in the MVP conversation because he's he's one of those dudes who like he changed the he changed basketball for sure no question yeah man like even Mitch, Mitch didn't shoot any thirty footers like his first two years. And then all of a sudden, it's normalized now, and now he can do it. Like he's just. That's like why not? Yeah. It's yeah. Like, hey man, it's not. I had, I had that, Matt. I was getting that my senior year of high school, and then I just you know, <laughs> got to get the confidence in the. Yeah, uh, it, sure. was, it was just because you had all the Under Armour on your senior year of high school. That's all it was. I was trying to be like Steph. I had my Stephs on. Have you ever told the? Have you told the Steph story ever before? or Does everybody else just tell it? For What's you? the Steph story? Well, didn't you 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 uh, were in, at his camp and you beat him in a three point shootout? Is that true or is that like it wasn't? I didn't beat him. I mean, that's what was, I mean. I keep hearing this story and I want to hear like it wasn't head to head. Clear the yeah. air. Clear the air. Go ahead. This is your chance. <laughs> yeah. Steph, Steph came out and demonstrated the drill. It was a two minute drill. You have to make two in a row in each spot, and then you move, and you don't make. So you do two in a row. So it's twenty shots or ten sets of 
too. Mm -hmm. There and back, and you have two minutes to do it. And then whatever your time left on the clock is, that's your time. And I think – I don't even remember timing or what, but I think Steph finished with, like, 39 seconds left. And mind you, he's shooting from the NBA line, you know. This is this was 20 – this was the year before his first. So this would have been 20 – I think 15. 15 yeah. Okay. Yep. And then – so then after the drill, you know, whatever, I went through, and uh, there was two of us that finished at the same time. I, it was like – I don't even remember the timing, but I think it was Derek Thornton and me. Um, and then we did a little shoot off and I finished with like 43 seconds on the clock. So then my time was the best time in camp and beat Steph's time or whatever it was. Okay. So it wasn't head to head. It was just his, his time at the NBA line and my time at the high school line was faster than what he did. And he was just demonstrating it. I think if we ran it back, I don't know. He might, he might get me. He might edge me out, but it, it'd be a good one. It'd be fun. Started, have you started practicing? You you put the you put the tape down in the championship center. The NBA. There's, there's tape on one side, but I just kind of just shoot from wherever. I would say you, oh, you pretty yeah. much shoot NBA threes. Like normal. Anyway, so like, like normal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so I'm doing yeah. that right now. I'm just trying to get used to the ball. The ball is different, but it's it's cool. Mm-hmm. I always that's, that's always, the story. That's the story. It wasn't head to head. It was just kind of. I, I mean, knew there I, was something to it, but like it, it, once it once it be, once it goes out there, it just never really. Oh yeah, then it's just Mitch beat him in a contest, and it was like ah, it's kind of a contest, but yeah. kind of not. That's, that's the that, headline, though. I've always yeah. said though. I've always said though, and like this is where Mitch isn't going to respond, but like I've always thought like if I took the if 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 you gave me the best three point shooters in Creighton history, because I mean that'd be a pretty sick three point shootout if you did oh, yeah, like Corver, Doug, Ethan, like Booker, Wood, Fox, like. Give me all those dudes in the gym. Um, Mitch like feels like best suited to win a three point shootout based on like the structure of a three point shootout where it's like rack rack spot spot spot. You know what I mean? Like yep yep yep. So and like, just I, his I, routine, his shooting yeah. routine. It is, is a yeah, shooting routine. Is, that's what I'm. Is, that's what I'm similar about, to so. a three, point, three yeah. point contest. His routine is a three point shootout basically. Like I remember <laughs> like those summers back when we used to be allowed in the gym. Um, Remember that? Wow. Coming back. Uh, Way back. Are you coming back, back next year? What's up? What's the back move? In the day. Well, Jordan and I are both fully vaxxed. I'm, yep. I have two more weeks before um, immuni- immunization date. So hopefully soon. Heck yeah. All right. Hopefully. Well, anyway, what were we going to say? Um, back when you were back in the gym. Well, like, so uh, you guys would do the exact drill you just said at Creighton, like the different spots, two shots, um, two minutes or whatever. And then, but you would like, there was something else to it. Like you guys, would, once you were done with every spot. The one, the one we did at Creighton, you two in a row from five yep. spots and then you shoot at the top. Yes. Yep. Yeah. The rest of the time. Yep. Yeah. So at the top of the key, when Mitch was on a heater, <laughs> this would get stupid. It would like, he would go to the top of the key after he was finished with every spot. Um, and just, so whatever time you had left on the clock, you can shoot as many as you want. Right. Right. Yeah. So Mitch, like, I swear, like he would have times where you let you like hit like thirty in a row. Yeah, it yeah, just, yeah. It would just be an ups. I mean, this is everybody in the gym would stop what they're doing except for the guys who are like shooting. Even the dudes who are like rebounding are like over there looking at Mitch, like kind of like, catching the ball, like, <laughs> like trying to like catch. Yeah, some of those times I get on a heater and then it's, it's crazy. The whole no, gym yeah, they just, like gets caught. They, up. I remember one time he hit like he hit like thirty four out of like thirty seven or thirty five. And yeah, 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 and like if you watch, like I have the video going, and if you watch, I'm just I like I just have it on Mitch, so I'm focused on Mitch. But if you watch, like as he gets into the 20s of 20 in a rows, like more people start coming into the frame. 
yeah, <laughs> coaches and, and, and like and, bystanders and, and like they're all just like mesmerized because Mitch won't miss. Like it's insane. In in case anybody was wondering how many I made during this drill, uh, it was about like thirteen. So just for reference, just for just for reference for the for, for the listener. So in case you want to like a normal shooter and a good shooter, you want to know the difference in the drill. It's about twenty. About well, 20 I think shots. like one one summer, Jordan, you had the record for a week, and then Mitch got on a heater and blew it away. I did. Right? Yeah, I did. So like, yeah. yeah, that was because that was the summer going into my senior year. I wanted to have all the records, so I did everything first, mm-hmm. so I could at least have it for some people. I did it in the <laughs> weight room too, so I had I had a lot of records first for a while. Mm-hmm. In a while, it was like two days, but yeah, no, there's. <laughs> There's definitely there was there. He's like, yeah, it was, yeah. Did like, you see Mitch hit 30 in a row? He's like, yeah, it was cool. It was whatever. It's crazy. Like, it's crazy to see that stuff on social media where, like, you see a day where Steph hit like 93 or like mm-hmm. whatever it was. I was yeah, like, yeah, dude, yeah, that is a different type of here. Like, I've hit some 55s, some 60s, but I've never been in the 90s. Yeah, but see, this is my theory, though. You're going to get there because when you're a pro and you do it every day, like Steph's been doing this every day for how long now? <laughs> Literally. No, seriously, though, like every day, like all those drills like that you see on social media and stuff of Steph doing the in-between, like in the crossovers with the bands, like before yep. games. How many years has he been doing that for now? Right. It's a lot. Like, look, at, look at his body like, now compared to what it was yeah. at Davidson. Yeah. Not even. Yeah. Insane. So it's, it's like that – his – just rep and I think that just speaks volumes to his like attention to detail and like oh no question ded- dedication to being able to like withstand like do that for such long like such a long oh, yeah. period of time and, and people talk about muscle memory like it's just that muscle memory just keeps getting more fine toned yeah fine tuned yeah you know? especially with something like shooting because oh yeah dude it's all it's it's the same you know? once you once you, you learn how to mentally even yeah break barriers you're just a whole different player. oh yeah for sure Shooter. hey like what uh because i, I kind of want to get into a little bit of what your professional basketball aspirations are um like was it tough to decide to not use that extra year like how much how much time did it take you to, to come to the conclusion that you're like yeah i just i feel like i've done what i need to do here and i need to take that next step and make that move like because you've never really been a guy who throughout the years, even on these podcasts or whenever we're like writing a story on you, um, you never really wanted to talk about pro basketball, like that side of it. So we just never really bothered you about it. Cause you felt like right. you always said, like when that time comes, it'll come. Um, like what, what was it? What was this process like for you as the season ended and you started to have to think about possibly coming back for an extra year, extra senior year that might yep. be under normal circumstances with, fans and whatnot versus just saying like i think i think the job is done here essentially like what how did that process go for you right i was just i don't know i just i think the time came you know you just kind of feel it uh it's like with all those guys when they retire from the league um they just like they just kind of feel it when they're ready to go they're they're good but obviously mine's not retiring mine's just starting something new right and and i think just all the stuff surrounded around – I mean, there's there's excess stuff around all basketball seasons. Um, I think this year, obviously, was a lot more mentally taxing than people could think about. Um, and, it, and it was all around the world for everybody, not just in the basketball world. It was, it was all aspects of life, which is – which is crazy that we just get to play a game during this stuff, which I don't know. I'm still trying to wrap my head, wrap my head around that. But 
Uh, I mean, I'm 22 years old. I'll be 23. It's just time for me to take the next step and kind of turn it into a professional career and see if I can make something of, for myself. So that was kind of my thought process. Um, at the end of the season, I took five days and just kind of went home and decompressed for my, with my family and everything. And obviously given the circumstances of the last month, the season was just, it was fun, but it was a lot at the same time. Um, but I think I was just ready. Uh, I just woke up ready to do it and move on and start a new journey in my life, I guess. So that's, that's really all I have for you. I don't really know what it is, but you just kind of feel it. Mm -hmm. Was the last month. Did you like, I know you've, uh, you did say, you know, when you guys were in Indy that it, it meant more to you, that it meant more to everybody else to do that. But like, I also know that you, you know, when you got to Creighton, you wanted to go to the NCAA tournament four years um, out of four. I know that was one of your goals. And essentially you got three out of four because you would have been last year. Um, and you wanted to be the first team to go to the Sweet 16. You did that. You also happened to be the first team to win a Big East title, regular season title. So I don't know if, if that was part of it, but there was a lot of like um, firsts that you got to do that. I think when you look back on will probably be, um, you know, something you're proud of, but like when you're in the moment right now, you mentioned like the last month was tough for a variety of reasons. Like, did you find yourself struggling to find out like how to enjoy what that college basketball experience would have been like as like a, you know, you go to a sweet 16 and it's your senior year and you've never done it before. Like you're supposed to be able to feel a different way about that. Was that ever there or was, were the circumstances kind of too overwhelming that the basketball was almost just a, just kind of uh, offset it more than anything else. No, the feeling was definitely there. The feeling, the feeling was there like in the moment, you know what I mean? Uh, like we had a good fan support the first game and the second game in Hinkle. And it was, it was good. They were loud and energetic and you could, you could feel like the energy and the enthusiasm and like, like appreciation from them, you know? Mm -hmm. So when you're, when you're playing and you feel that in the moment, it's like, yeah, like we're doing this, you know? Uh, but then you just go back to your hotel and sit there, you know, you just go shower and you by yourself. So that was like the hardest part because like, I'm not a, I'm a like outgoing person. I like hanging out with people. I don't do well with being in isolation, mm -hmm. um, which is fair. I mean, it's, it's fine. But the biggest part, the biggest just like struggle with me is, is I have a routine like you guys talk about yeah. and the bubble, there's no routine. Like you're just, it's, they tell you to go here when you when you when you have the time slot and that's when you go and it's nothing like I'm a morning shooter I didn't shoot in the morning one time in the bubble so it was just like it was weird it was hard it was hard to kind of adjust to like some normalcy mm -hmm. but when you're winning games and like you said we, we made it to the Sweet 16 and I mean the energy and the enthusiasm of the fans was really cool to to experience um obviously i was upset because we went out and i mean we didn't play the best uh we didn't shoot very well but i mean obviously everybody wants to play in a final four and i wanted to do that so you're always thinking about something you could have done more mm -hmm. um one day maybe when i'm 30 or 40 when i'm retired from basketball and i look back and say like hey that was pretty special and, and it was in the moment but right now it's just you're thinking about always what's next instead of reflecting and that's kind of – I'm just trying to stay ready and stay prepared for what's coming, and uh, hopefully I can look back and show – I don't know, show love or be thankful for what happened. And not that I wasn't, but just ultimately, like, over the top, you know. 
Well, we, we, Jordan and I proposed this theory on last week's episode was like, I think that even though the Seton Hall game last March didn't, uh, didn't, I don't know. I don't even know if it doesn't anymore, but like, I don't know if it means as much as a sweet 16 or whatever. I'm sure if you were to pull like every Creighton fan, this, if you just like said, you want to win a regular season title or go to a sweet 16, I'm sure sweet 16 probably would have jumped out at them first before they had accomplished any of them. Yeah. But it just felt different that, that whole experience felt different. It felt like, it felt like a national championship game, even more so because of the fact that it got, that the whole sport stopped after that, basically. Um, but the celebration, like the moment people rushing the floor, cutting down nets, the trophy being shipped around the whole arena, like the banner dropping did we, we, we proposed this theory. I don't want to like spoil it. Cause I want to get your take on it. Like what did you enjoy more? crossing the sweet 16 off for 50 years of players and fans um, this, this year, or, you know, winning that big East title and celebrating with all the fans on the floor and watching all that type of stuff go down last March. Yeah. uh, That's a good question. I think in the moment, um, in the, in the 40 minute aspect of the game itself, I'd say the sweet 16 was obviously was, was better. It was more fun. It was because you're playing for more. Uh, I think, um, oh, so I would say, there. yeah, yeah. You know, you're getting yeah. it. You're giving yourself yeah. a chance to, to advance. And that 40 minute segment was by far and above, uh, like far and above and beyond what we did both Seton Hall. But I think everything, like you talked about, like the Nets, the trophy, the, the night, I mean, we got to go, I got to go hang out with my parents after the game, you know, like I didn't get to do that. Yeah. So, uh, I think everything, that goes with it. And I think like the enjoyment and getting together with, with people that just like express their appreciation for what happened after the Seton Hall game. Uh, that was a blast. I like everything that came with it, but just talking about the 40 minutes of the game, um, the sweet 16 was definitely uh, probably carries more weight and holds more weight in, in a game that I've played, but, but the Seton Hall game was awesome. It was, it was fun. Yeah, but is there as is time there, goes on, Jordan? Right, the Space Sixteen will probably mean more to people. But right. yes, yeah, right. That's what but I'm the thinking. Pure like, excitement, and pure joy. I think you got to give it to the Seton Hall. That's what my thing was, right? So I, I just felt for you guys because obviously not getting to be there. Like for me, like you were saying, what made it easy, even just after like all last summer, just even with things being shut down, I had the peace of mind of having what was it March 7th was to us last year, the Seton Hall game. Like I had that, like, and I could, that got me through all last summer of not being able to play like organized ball. But what do you think? Like, is there part of you that is, that, that is like, ah, man, I wish we get to do something someday to like commemorate, like what would have been the sweet 16. Like we talked about it last week, just like, imagine what Omaha would have been like you guys coming back from a flight of a sweet, cause you know, usually it's like week one weekend to the next, like, imagine you guys would have been flying back to the Epley and there would have been busloads of people from Omaha. Out there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it would have been signs with all our names on it. It would have you guys, been you guys all the airport until like four. We wouldn't have been able to get out of there. We would have been signing. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. is there a part of you that like missed that? Did you even think about that? I know you, you probably had a lot going on. I, I had time to think about it. Obviously, yeah, right. but in a way. So did you, did that even cross your mind at all? No, that never crossed my mind, but. Like you said, that would have been that definitely would have been cool. Uh, you don't even think about that stuff, but obviously, like Matt was talking about first. I mean, that for the fans, I, I probably I said like 
pure enjoyment of everything. Like people like people like the fluff that goes with the game. You know what I mean? Like the game's fun, but then they like to talk about the game, and then they like exactly. to get your insight on the game. Uh, uh, and like everybody could do that at Seton Hall because everybody could get together and do it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think about that after Omaha. I mean, after we won, we went to the Sweet Sixteen. I mean, it would like you said, like that week turnover. If we got back, like it would have been nuts. Like I didn't even think about that, but it would have been. Did you? I would have took that, over. Though? Like that would have been number one. You know. Now that I get, I didn't even, I haven't even asked anybody this question on the team, but did you guys like that? Was it actually nice to play like back to back and just play all the games like quicker than a normal schedule would have been? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'd say pieces of it, definitely. Um, I'm just going to switch spots. But, uh, I think parts of it were. I don't know. I'm trying to formulate. A- ask it again. Let me see if I can formulate something. Just like, do you think it would have? <laughs> let me try to phrase it in a better way. Do you think it was like beneficial that you guys had played so many games, like in uh, back to back day span? Yeah, in a quicker. Um, than it normally would have been. I I, I kind of liked. I, I don't know. Like, did it just remind you of AAU? Because like that, that's what I thought. Oh, definitely AAU. When I was watching, I was like, oh, this is an AAU tournament. Like, it they're just, they're just hooping 100%. and hooping the next day. Yeah. Yes, it was 100%. If everything felt like an AAU tournament. Like, I mean, we were all lifting together with, with like, blind or uh, curtains up. Like, curtains yeah. are like curtains are going to stop all the COVID. But Yeah. Uh, so, like, we were all lifting with each other. And, and then we'd go practice each other. And everybody's passing each other in the hotels. And, like, you see this coach that recruited you. You talk to him. You talk to Jay Wright. And it was just like – this is AAU. Like, you never do that. Like, usually you win a game, go home. Like, our first game at Hinkle, when we played at Hinkle, we were, we, I've never been in Hinkle's practice gym. It's connected, it's right next to it. I didn't, I didn't know that. Even, I didn't know that either. So, we roll up in these buses, and, you know, we usually, we usually go in the side and then go through down to the yeah, locker room, down to the locker room. But this time, so they, we roll up, and, and the whole parking lot's cleared out. There's cones. You can't cross the cones because if you cross the cones, then the COVID gets in the cones. Oh, no. So then, so, so then, so they keep, so they keep the people out of the cones. So you come in to the practice gym and it's this old, you know, goals hanging from the, from this like old goals, you know, like not, not like the championship center, what we got here. It's like, so you come in, you go through a metal detector, and the curtain's up, right? So it's, it's at the half-court dividing line. And the game before us, it was Gonzaga and – I don't know. What was the round 32? Gonzaga and somebody. Oklahoma. Oklahoma, Oklahoma yeah. They are playing before us. So we were the higher seed, so we were getting, like, the Butler locker room or whatever. Mm-hmm. So after the game's over, like, you know how Jeremy does our table work and everything. Yep. I'm doing table work. In the practice facility, there's a curtain up. Ohio's on this side shooting around. And then after we get table work, we warm up over here, right? So then they let Ohio take the floor first because our locker room wasn't ready. So we took our backpacks and stuff, set it on Hinkle's floor to the side, warmed up, took our bags, went to the locker room. So it was just like I – mean, it was just like, hey, you. it was hey, – yeah, the game's over. You know, like the AAU game, you the game's over. You have your backpack, you set it on the chair, you go to layup. Slides line. on, put your slides on. Yeah, that's what it is. But this time it was like like there was no you get there in two hours before the game, you chill and sit. You just you get there, we warmed up in the practice facility, and then we moved over to Hinkle and 
it was like, this is weird. It was weird. And then Ohio's right here. Like I had to go to the bathroom and I'm like jumping over there, dude, stre- they're stretching. And I was just like, sorry guys. Like there's no space. You can't, <laughs> this is the only way to the bathroom. And they got it. They, they let us use one bathroom that was roped off that you like go into. So it was just, it was weird, man. But, but the back to back, I don't know. I'm, I'm still stuck on the back to back. I don't know what's better, but. Well, yeah, no, nah, just a weird year, man. I, I, it was AU. It was it was yeah, AU. The bubble was always, AU. You always remember just the 2021 March Madness AU tournament. No, oh, no, it was 100. And then you go out and then you go out. You have your hour of free time outside. And it's like all the other teams are out there. There's like six other teams out there. So it's like it was just weird. It was weird. It was weird. It was weird. The sun, like when the NBA was doing it, too, because you would see them posting videos of like. You know, Donovan yeah. Mitchell will be chilling at on the side of the pool and like Bradley Beal is like walking by and it's like that is so bizarre. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even Jalen was talking about Jalen was like Jalen was talking about uh Jalen. Yeah. Okay. He was like, Yeah, well, I was in line for COVID testing and Megan Rapino is right behind me. And it's like <laughs> it was just yeah. like weird. They brought all these like elite athletes, they stuck them in a in an isolated environment and just let them like cohabitate, basically. Like yep. But the cool thing about, like, when we were in New York City, when we were all, all the Big East, like, you know all the Big East guys, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, like, I was talking to Coach Hurley just because I was talking to Coach Hurley through, I mean, doing games and just kind of got to know him and a little bit. I mean, he's just a good dude, you know? So you get to know things about people that you or, or you have these perceptions or whatever. And you – like, these guys are cool, you know? You get to know them and you talk to them and you just kind of sit down and – and shoot the crap with them and it's mm-hmm. it's cool you know because it's a different perspective from a different coach from a guy who sees it differently and just like the the experiences are different so it's like it's, it's cool to get to know those guys a little bit and just talk to them and see them and 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 obviously they were going to the tournament um so it was cool to just talk to them and say good luck and all that and obviously jay Wright's a class act and everything that he does so you you pass by him and talk to him and and you're just never given those opportunities, really. So if you see them, say what's up, you know, and kind of interact with each other. It was cool because normally we just we're going at each other's heads, you know. But then, like, at the end of the weekend, now it's like flip the script. Now we're all on the same team. We'd pass Nova in the in the hotel and we're all like, good luck, you know, shouting them out. We're all like friends and buddies because we don't play them. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like another Big East team, like shout out to Big East. You got to like, let's go win, you know. Yeah. So did, that aspect was really cool, I think. What did Jay Wright say to you uh, the night they beat you guys, like after the game? Oh, after the game? Yeah. Uh, oh, he said, he said, I, I'll just keep it real. Um, he said to me, uh, he said, you're one of the, you're one of the best, or one of the best players. I've ever coached against that doesn't talk any shit. He said, I love that. And I was like, I was like, man, that's real. And yeah. then he said some other stuff, but that's what really stood out to me. He's like, he's like, it's me. You just play the game the right way. And and it, it was cool. So yeah, Jordan, he like, crap. I just want to spice it up. Yeah. Uh, he, Jordan, awesome. like Jordan, like Mitch kind of got like that senior year respect, right? Like it felt like all the coaches were kind of like taking an opportunity. I remember when you were killing Seton Hall out there, like Kevin Willard is like laughing with you while you're just, just dotting up his whole roster, basically. Well, like, that, but that was the thing. Like, like, like uh, Coach Willard's a good dude. Uh, I talked to him at Biggie's Fundamentals, and just kind of sat there and just I I don't care if I'm playing with you, playing against you, coach against you. Like I like 
Yeah, we can have like all we those can guys. Cool. You can we, you can learn from those guys too. They're yeah, you know what I mean. Like I don't I don't care. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna be like, oh, you shooting all head coach. Like screw you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. not how I. That's not how I work. I just want to get like I just want to pick your brain. I don't yeah. like for no yeah. apparent reason. Just kind of yeah. talk yeah. and just because it's different. Like this dude's out in Jersey and I'm in the middle of Nebraska or not the middle of Nebraska, but the middle of the U.S. in the United States. So it's just mm-hmm. different. Uh, but then with Coach Willard, like we were down, we were getting pieced. We were down like 17, and right. he's and he's just like talking to me and, and i hit a shot i just threw it up there and it went in and he was talking crap he's like come on man like stop doing that and i was like come on like i am i don't play well against you guys you guys really like face guard and do all that I said, don't give me that so then uh we just kind of just have fun you know and and show love it's it's more of a respect thing than anything you know like i respect what he does and how he does how he coaches and conducts himself and at the end of the day he probably respects how i play and and how i conduct myself so it's just mutual. It's, it's all love. And I just like doing it just because it's different, you know, and that's just kind of, I, I, that's, I just find, find yeah. beauty and fun in the game that way yeah. outside uh, of just the game itself. You know what I mean? I think that's great perspective. And I also just think that's something that's always been unique about you and just your willingness to understand like how unique of a opportunity it is. We get when we got to play at Creighton where it's in the big East and you have so many, different coaches and so many Dude, different no players and all that. And I had even noticed it a lot this year because I had noticed you made the conscious effort for, I mean, with COVID, obviously there was no handshake lines, right? After the games yep. and stuff, but you were still making that conscious effort, you know, go dap up other guys or at least fist bump other guys and be like, you know, good game, all that. But do you think that added, I mean, the mass obviously added a layer of just harder to talk to people just <laughs> in general. But do you yeah. think it did it did it make it harder like just to have those genuine conversations with other guys like coming from their bench and just normally I know you because I was this way you're that way and my senior year I tried to really soak up as many of the people I could have good conversations with like did it make yep. it hard to you know like go an assistant coach that might have recruited you at yep, yep, yep. like a Georgetown and you go usually chop it up did it make it difficult this year uh, I would say a little more um, but not as much as you would think it would. Um, because like the coaches do all that, like they, they wear their masks and everything. But if you want to go talk to them, like they're pretty responsive and, and we didn't have to wear a mask in one, except for St. John's, uh, we had to wear a mask in warmups, but, uh, outside of that, like it, it was cool. Um, you could go over and, and say whatever, and the players would talk to you. Like you get to know players in four years, you know, and you show love to them and it's all love and respect before the game and all that. Uh, you know how that is, but and like, like you said, I just want to touch on that, like the opportunity, like players and kids don't understand the opportunity you have of playing with and against people who are at a high level and who see the game at a high level. So honestly, I just want to take that, take advantage. And, and, and true. Talk you, you bring up such a good point, man. Just within the Big East, there's just so many interesting personalities that it's fun to just pick coaches brains other players brains so many players that come from different backgrounds like that's what I enjoyed the most about it like and when I think back to my experience it's just all the guys I was able to learn from whether it be at Creighton or I was competing against and even though I didn't get on the floor that much there was guys I was I played in scout for like four years and they knew that right and they like (laughs) like a mile like a miles pal like was conscious of that and someone I could build a relationship with even just having that so yeah, man. Big East, just having that. It's, that's yeah. awesome. Perspective. And I remember, I remember my first time like playing against Coach Ewing. Like, you, you go dap him up after the game, and his hand swallows are, your hand. It swallows. Like, I lost my hand, bro. 
it's crazy. And then like, yeah. And then like the next year, two years after whatever, we went to fundamentals and I was like, dude, I don't care. Like this dude, I, I want a picture, you know, I don't care. I'm not going to bug the guy if he's busy. I'm, I'm like, whatever. So I go up to him and I'm like, coach, can we get a picture? And he's like giving us crap. You know, it was me and Ty. Ty was with me. And I was like, coach, you care if we take a picture? He's just cool about it, like real chill. And then he just starts giving us crap, you know, just just that Hooper talk, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, I was like that's, coach. Cool. that's cool that you obviously are just accoladed up, uh, just accomplishments through the through the window, but you're still cool enough to shoot the crap with with a 20-year-old kid from Creighton, you know? So I, I, I respect that. I respect that he respects who like who he is and just kind of the way he goes about relationships and just uh, interactions. And I think, I thought that was really cool. I thought that was really big of himself because I mean, he wasn't awkward about it. He just gave us crap about it. And it was funny. You know, we laughed it off. We took a pick and, no, and that was that's it. Like, I'm going to swallow my pride. You know, I don't care. Like, yeah. it's just, it was cool. It was cool. Was that something deliberate on your part, maybe after some of those experiences, because it did, I mean, just, you're not, you're not, active on social media but when you are it's usually to the younger generation like the kids that are probably you know mimicking you in the driveway somewhere that probably won't ever be on anybody's like basketball radar for another 10 years or so Uh um like was the respect that like the guys like ewing and and like people around the league like jay wright kevin willard like giving you respect as like you said a 20 year old who hasn't done anything essentially in the game. Um, was that deliberate on your part to do that to the next generation behind you because of the way the generation ahead of you kind of showed that respect to you? Yeah, definitely. And, and honestly, I would give it, I would give it a lot to, I, I give a huge shout out to Steph, you know, like I was out at camp three different years. Um, the first year, like, it's weird because like you go to a camp that has the big name guy on it. Um, he like, you don't expect him to act a certain way towards people that, or even be involved sometimes. Yeah. Or even be involved. Like this dude yeah. staying at the hotel, eating breakfast, lunch, dinner with us, like sleep, like that, not with his wife, like staying with us. Like, you know, it was just like, it was cool for those four days. And then you do it for three years. And then the, the conversations you have, and then we're in the Oakland and San Francisco community, like giving back. And he has time for everybody. Like this dude is just. I mean, he's Steph Curry, you know? I mean, he wasn't Steph Curry until, like, the next year, next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he won two. I think he won back-to-back after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they went out and got KD, and which was funny. Like, Steph at camp, he's like, hey, the, the last camp I went to, he's like, hey, I got to leave early. Um, I'm going out to New York to recruit KD. And I was like, what? So him, the owner, Steve Kerr, and I think two of the, two of the other teammates hopped on a jet, went out, and then I see KD signed two days later. And I'm like, well, looks like it worked. But the way Steph just kind of gave his time um, to people and just kind of let people kind of live through him and just kind of get to know him, uh, that really showed me a lot because a lot of guys aren't like that, you know? And a lot of guys are put in positions now, especially with, like, the social media era. Um, it's a lot of, like, situations that people back in the 90s weren't put in. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to be great in that light or, like, do something that is like putting on a different, like kind of putting on a mask, you know, like people put on a mask for people in public, then they're different behind, behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. But like I was with Steph behind closed doors and it was the same dude as he was in public. So I was like, just seeing that it was like, it was really cool to see a a guy like that 
uh, just kind of give time. So then I just kind of wanted to replicate my career and like whatever I do to, like you said, the younger generations and just kind of giving them that sense of hope and, and to, to do what I did. Because when I, I was in the same position they were when I was young and then I just happened to get in the gym when I was 12 years old and just started really working on it. And then something worked out, but, and it doesn't have to be in basketball. Like I go to camps and, and I talk at middle schools and, or, or elementary schools in Omaha and Eudora. And I, I mean, I talk about, I don't talk about basketball, you know, I give them my experience, but then I'm like, Hey, like it doesn't have to be basketball. Like it could be another sport. It could be playing an instrument. It could be in, in different clubs, different organizations. It could be in, in anything, it could be in a doctor, being a lawyer, being whatever. So I think there's a lot of angles to take, but um, I just try and inspire. Like, I don't care what you do. Just be just love what you do and be great at it. If you can, you know, just strive for excellence. And that's kind of what I do. And I hope kids in Omaha and Eudora and hope maybe other areas of the country just kind of see the way I conduct myself and, and pick up on that and see people. And I'm not saying I do it the right way, but see, see if people can strive to do it the right way. You know what I mean? And just, well, I'll you just got to show you. love, you know, like the game yeah. is so much bigger than you and yeah. you make. And the thing that I've learned in my four years at Creighton, which is probably going to take me further than anything else, is the fact that the game impacts so many people beyond your immediate circle, like mm-hmm. especially in the Omaha community, like people live and die, like people live and die for this stuff, you know, like they do, like, like the especially with this COVID year, like that was the coolest thing within the Omaha community, like. It was a sense of two days a week, you get a release from reality, essentially. Yeah. And you come in and, I mean, sometimes we wouldn't play, so sorry. We'll just keep adding to that reality. But um, when we were playing well and giving them a, a, a sense of hope and just, like, excitement that wasn't that, – that they didn't have the last six months, I mean, it was kind of cool. And then, you know, the Omaha people, you get to know them, you get their number, they talk to you, they text you, and it's, like, encouraging stuff, you know, in a, in a, in a year that's tough for everyone. So – I think that's really cool. And I think that's the special part of the platform that the game basketball creates for people. If they just, if they do that, if they take advantage of that. So to people that are listening and and to people who are younger, just be mindful of that and, and make an impact, you know, make an impact off the floor. And I think that's the biggest thing and most important thing. Just to reiterate uh, the, cause like, I think the picture you're painting right now is that athletes, um, especially nowadays with the platforms they can create for themselves become larger than life figures and how they act uh, has impact. Right. For sure. But, but, but the fact, the reason that you, it resonated with you with Steph was because you saw the same person when no one was looking as when everybody was looking. Right. No question. And I think one of the things, this is a story about Mitch that it might kind of embarrass him a little bit, but the reason the reason I know that Mitch is not just giving lip service right now is because I think it was the night you guys made the Sweet Sixteen. Actually, um, one of my one of the like our guys at White and Blue Review, like one of the uh, behind the scenes kind of guys, um, his I think his his uh, his son had a birthday or something like that, and so like I I don't know if it was the night you guys made the Sweet Sixteen, but it was the night you guys were doing something that would have made you have anything else to do but text this little kid happy birthday and he was like yo mitch just texted my son like happy birthday and stuff and i'm like i'm like that's mitch man like that's just what he does (laughs) when you think he's got like better things to on his mind better things to do 
he'll just randomly reach out to a kid and like make that kid's whole day. And I remember Mar- like some kids release videos of like Marcus wishing them happy birthday and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's the same. Yep. Deal. It's like you guys have such an impact on people with this with the simplest little deed. And I think that's what you're trying to say with the, uh, you know, the next generation is like, you know, no question. When you no one's when no you, one's too no one's bigger than no one's too big to not give your time to somebody you know like that was that was me like if you want my time then that's cool i'll give it to you you know what i mean if you don't fine like people don't like me i'm sure like that's just the way the world works you know what i mean am i gonna am i gonna lose sleep over it or operate different the next day no i'm gonna be the same dude so i'm always gonna give the time if people want the time and if i have the time or not i'll find the time you know and i think you've always been really good about that man i just think you have such good perspective on just staying level-headed throughout everything. And I think just being able to give of yourself to the extent you have just to create in for four years and what you've done there and kind of the legacy you put, you, you said you didn't want to say it, you know, you think you might not do things the right way, but man, I'm here to tell you, you do. Cause just from seeing the way you operate, you like you, you said it, you, you are like, I'm glad you gave that Steph story because you get it from somewhere. And it's like, you have always been that dude who's been the same dude, on, off the court, good day, bad day, always willing to give of himself. And, you know, like you say, you try to inspire, but it inspires me too, man. Like it inspired all of us who played with you, like throughout all that. It's it's just true. It's just, it, it's it's good to have someone like you around always just check. Yeah, heck yeah. And, 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 and it's, it, it's inspiring. So you, you try to be better. And one thing I think I've taken from you is just, it's always like, no matter what you do in life, you, you can always be a good person. No matter good day, bad oh, no day. Much you're successful, you're a failure, you can always be a good person and you can always do something for somebody else. So yep, I no think you've always had a good perspective on that, man. And, and like an, another piece of that, like just someone who kind of told me early, um, I remember I was walking to Java J with, with uh, Ronnie Harrell and he was like, hey, we were just talking, you know, how Ronnie would get. He Slim. just Shout out know, Slim. Real like philosophical, you know? Oh yeah. And, and we're walking and talking. And he's like, he's like, man, he's like, you can't get too high. You can't get too low. He's like, you just got to stay level headed. And that just like resonated with me. That's like, I'll always remember Ronnie for saying that, you know, and I appreciated that. So it's just like little things like that just are cool. So I don't know. I was just what popped into my head when you said you just got to be level headed. It's true. It's true. The wise lessons of Ronald Terrell. You know, <laughs> they, they, Ronald Terrell Ronald Jr. Let me correct myself. The wise lessons stuck. Shouts out and Socrates, my man KJ. Socrates, KJ, you know, oh, we yeah. had a lot of, we, we had a lot of we had a lot of predecessors, man, that led us to <laughs> get into this point. We had a lot of good, good advice along the way to get us to being these are, you are know, you level-headed. The, are you the youngest in your of your siblings, Mitch? Yep. So and how many siblings do you have again? Five. And what is it? How does it go, brother, sister, what? Uh four brothers in a row going up. So four brothers and then or four boys, two girls at the top. Okay. And your sister is a teacher, right? She is a, now she's like a superintendent kind of thing over in Brazil. So, okay. uh, yeah. So uh, how much of like, did, did, did they, did they mold that out of you? Like, were they, were they good influences for you to, I don't know, like follow up in or. Yeah. hundred percent. Kind of close in age to, for that to have an impact. No, it was when we were younger. No, no. I hated them. I was like, come on guys, give me a chance, you know? <laughs> and, and I just got bullied all the time, you know? Yeah. And that's just what it is. You know, that's how it is. That's how older brothers are. And I'm grateful for it, you know, uh, looking back, but now the older you get, like, I mean, when I, 
probably when I was like a sophomore in high school, you start to recognize like kind of the path they paved and you don't even recognize it through them. Like in a small community like me, you recognize it more from the teachers, like the teachers tell you about it, you know, like, Hey, I had your brother or I had your sister. And it's like, and now we have you. So you kind of hear things about your siblings that you never even knew or you weren't aware of. And I think that's kind of cool. Uh, but I also think it comes from the top. Like my mom and dad do an unbelievable job with us. Um, my mom is, she's crazy. She fills her plate more than anybody that I've ever seen. And really? she'll never, she'll not, that's where I get, that's where I get the never saying no from, you know, I get that from my mom. Like my mom will, she'll try and do everything for everyone. And there's, I mean, she probably sleeps an average of three hours a night, not even over-exaggerating. Uh, she's just different. She's wired different. She, her work ethic is ridiculous. My dad's the same way. My dad works nights and that work ethic trickled down to us kids. Um, and just kind of the love for people came from my mom, especially, um, just kind of impact and, and changing people's lives in a way in, in any way or helping someone like, you don't have to, you don't have to make some life altering event and like help someone out in that way, but mm. just anything like doing anything. My, my mom would do that for everybody. And I'm grateful for that. And just the community and the people that I looked up to and that I was around, like the Eudora community is a lot of that. Like we just look out for one another and we, we have each other's backs. So just kind of trickles down if you're paying any attention at all. So I think that's cool. And being from where I'm from and the family that I came from and who did it before me, uh, I think it was really cool just to kind of follow in their footsteps because I mean, at the end of the day, they paved the way and I just had to pick the ball up and run with it. So is that why you're not like emotional right now? Is you kind of like, I don't know, some people, you know, when, when the end of a certain time in their life comes to an end, like they get kind of like reflective and emotional about it. Maybe I'm misreading this, but like, it feels like you're just looking forward to what you get to be you somewhere else in the world. Like, no question, you know, if that was, even, even if the NBA doesn't like, if, if you don't get to the NBA and you have to go overseas, like you have experience with the impact your sister's making in Brazil right now with younger lives. Like, do you feel yep. like that's like always going to follow you? Like wherever this game takes you, this part of you is going to follow it. Yep. And, and let's get this straight. My siblings do. The only reason people know about me and what I do is just because I play with a little sphere and throw it up there, you know, and, and sometimes I make 40 footers, like, sometimes, so yeah. people want to, so people want to get my perspective and, and get my stories. But like, if my siblings were in the same spotlight, I mean, they'd have more stories and, and articles about them and, and what they do. Mm -hmm. uh, but from an emotional standpoint, like you said, like that was one of the things I'm looking most forward to. Um, I'm, I mean, I, I, I'm a person that's, I'm never going to forget anyone. Like all my people at Creighton, uh, they'll always be my people, but I'm looking forward to kind of the connections and the relationships I'll build in my next stage of life. You know, like, like you said, like part of me, if, if I end up overseas or in the NBA, like the connections and the people that you're going to meet, it's just a whole new level of experiences. And it's a whole new level of different perspectives that I haven't thought about, or it's just like a different component that you don't always think about. And it's just a, it's, it's an opportunity to get to meet some really special people and the process that goes into, into it is, is going to be really fun. You know, like, like I like working hard. I like just hooping at the end of the day and I like talking and getting to know people. So I think it's going to be a cool opportunity for me moving forward. Um, and 
I think it'll just, it's going to, it's a win-win, you know, it's a win-win either way. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm not emotional just because there's always an opportunity the next day, mm-hmm. you know? What do you think though, if you got to think back to, cause not to put you on the spot here, but I've had a lot of time to reflect because I've had a year off and I hadn't been at Creighton, but and yeah. I thought a lot about just, you know, some of the trips that we had and some of the like, games that we were in road trips whatever it may be and sometimes it's even i think back to just some late flights we took back from indianapolis like that we had yep. great conversations on the jet right like what do you think you'll what's one part you don't have to pin it on a specific game or anything but what's like one aspect you think you're going to miss the most from creighton because I, I definitely miss like a lot of talking to teachers every day and just some of the people in the omaha community that i just don't have the ability to see as much anymore and i know yep. you're very involved so um, I'd say, I mean, I said it on senior night, the people definitely, I'm, I'm following in your footsteps with the people, the relationships that you built. Um, I mean, those are, those are irreplaceable, you know, like Everything. those are special in their own way and everybody, and you have a different relationship with, with a different person. So that's cool. Um, I'm going to miss that. But like from a basketball perspective, like you said, like win or lose on the road, the plane rides are always lit. Like, you know what I mean? Like the conversations yeah. hit different. Man, I just remember we you know had so like many, we like had, we had so many good ones though. That's yeah, what I mean. Like, Cause it was yeah. like I just remember after games where it was like losses or whatever, and everyone wants to be upset and all that. Yeah. And everyone's like, I'm like, yo, we're not about to be sad for this last two hours. But if the we crazy got problems, is, let's talk about it. Like, the crazy like, thing is we be so like a lot of people wanna everybody's on the bus. Nobody says a word on the bus. The bus is it's over with. Just throw the bus out the window. But then when we get on the plane all right, let's figure this out. You know, let's talk, get it out, say it, you know, say it. Yeah. I don't care. Like say it, you got a problem with me or I'm playing. I do too. I got the yeah, same. Exactly. Problem you got. So it's like, <laughs> so it's like, we just say it, you know, and, and every year was different. Like my freshman year, I remember we went to Seton hall. Uh, uh, Seton hall was our opening game and we get on the plane and we're walking through the, through the little, whatever the the private you know like the little in seton hall in josie yes, when you in the newer it's what's it called yeah. um teterboro or whatever teterboro teterboro is that what it is yep teterboro that was spot on bro that was good anyway yeah so we go through there and i'm, I'm saying and i didn't really talk to marcus like that you know like i talked to him in practice and stuff and but and like marcus after we lost to seton hall like marcus and i had a conversation for a long time and it was like it was like dude because i was saying things that that I see. And then he was saying things with, with, with what he saw. And then it was like, we connected on a level that we hadn't connected on. So it was like, that's where that lifelong friendship started, like on the, on the plane after a loss, you know, like in the moment, it's like, damn, like we just got, we should have won that game, you know? But then like 22 years old, when you're done, you look back like, damn, that was a life-changing conversation we had. So it was like, there's when, if you take it that way, and I think there's growth in that, you know, and those Absolutely. and then you win and it's all, lit, you know, like it's all like everybody's good, you know, winning on the road. Like it, like junior year, we junior senior year, we started winning on the road. So it was like, yeah, <laughs> right. senior year on the road. It was just like it was a party every time because we knew we were like, we, we got to go win your seat in hall. Like, yeah, like, we're, like, we're it was up. a party. Like we that's what we used Marquette. to say. We used to, we used to get yeah. back. We used to get back in uh, after that bus ride. We used to look at. I used to, yo, Mitch, you're tough, man. That was like tough. we're tough. We're, like we're, we're nice. Tough. You know, like, we're not, like, we're, hey, hey, we're not just winning at home. We're winning on the road. Like we're winning road. on the road. 
like like with fans. I don't know if y'all remember what fans. Yeah, like we was winning on the road when there was fans everywhere. Hey, and, and I'll never forget this at Seton Hall. Seton Hall thought they had us when Miles Kale had the dunk. Oh, yeah. And, and you know the dunk, you know, there's a foul. There's time between the free throw and everybody. The crowd's going crazy. Replaying it on the And then they quiet. And, and then the replay shows, and they're going crazy again. I'm like, dang, this is crazy. <laughs> and then we just went crazy. Everybody started clicking, playing, hitting shots. Denzel hit a big shot. Dame was hooping. Dame was diving. Dame didn't even know how to dive. I know that was Ivan. Like that was. You want to know what was surreal to me that night? <laughs> we got back because I remember the conversations were rock. We were we were like that was a talk about a we're tough night. That was I I swear we screamed screamed you're tough that whole plane ride back. <laughs> and even when we got off, I swear you must have been driving off and I screamed you're tough to you. That's how into it we were. <laughs> but the, and I didn't hear you. It was cold. You know it was, it was cold. cold. But the one thing I remember, cold. it's the always one thing cold. I remember from that Seton Seton Hall night was I really felt like we were tough because I went back to my apartment and I was just clicking through Snapchat and I got the uh, Sports Center Snapchat update and I it was me. It was me in the corner like this. <laughs> I was like, I was like, yo. It was like, I'm nice. I was like, I made a, I'm on Sports Center, y'all. So, no, you're, you're right, man. It was just. That was high level, but definitely the planes, man. Like, I'm sure if you ask me tomorrow, I might have a da- different answer, but. The planes, the plane, yeah. the plane ride is is sweet, and obviously yeah. that we travel is unbelievable. So it's comfortable, yeah. and it's it's yeah. cool. You, you it's set up to where we can talk to each other. So we'll yeah, wait. Now I can actually got ask him you. here though. I want to ask Jordan like what was what was like what was baby Mitch like when summer before freshman year? Like he's trying to get like you know find his footing, like get comfortable, you know? Because oh, baby Mitch, I got like, I got baby. I had baby oh, Mitch fucking baby in the phase, Mitch man. Like, I was a dunker. He was a dunker. Oh, hey, hey, Jordan, get the Jordan, get the fade story. I'm, going. I'm gonna tell him about the fade. I'm gonna tell him about the fade. Don't worry. But no, baby Mitch did. I'm gonna give you your bounce credit first. You definitely yeah, came because yeah. you were a string bean, though. You came in like you had no muscle, like you were just a string bean. So you were. I look like that. <laughs> nah, you got you got a little you got a little to you now. But when you came in, you definitely had a little bit of bounce. But I guess freshman Mitch, man, what was it? You never got a haircut until I never. I, my, my mom just buzzed my hair. So Mitch texted me one night because I used to have, I luckily, you know, through Justin Patton and Kyrie Thomas, they had a barber that they had gone to in high school that would pull up to the dorms. And so it was my sophomore year. And I was like, you know, I had a year under my belt. I'm thinking I'm cool. I got this barber that pulls up. I ain't got to go nowhere. I'm like, oh, I'm getting a cut. And I think Mitch just, I said in the locker room, like, hey, anybody else want to come through? Like got a barber coming through. And Mitch was just like, yeah, shit. Like, I'll get, I'll get a cut. Like I need to get my hair. <laughs> and it was his freshman year. Right. So like he didn't even think that he was going to have to get a cut at some point. Cause he was just training. Like, and then he went all wolf. Like, and so he's like, all right. <laughs> like, yes, he was like, I was yeah, like, he was wolf. Yeah. Nah, your, your hair was, your hair. Yeah, my hair was, was, my hair was OD. So, and so he was like, yeah, I'm gonna come through. And so I kid you not, he got a, the cleanest fade. I think I've ever seen him have to date. It was a Lunch, buzz cut. Yo. Man. They had him lined up. They they, taped, they tapered the beard on both sides. I remember we walked into practice the next day, and Murph looked at you and he was like, "Did you bring him to the hood?" <laughs> and I I will never I will never forget that. I laughed so hard, man. <laughs> I, I never seen a fade, bro. I ain't even he had and no I'll... idea. He Mitch Mitch sat in the chair, and Jeremiah was like, "We we, we gotta do for you, bro." And he was just like, just give me a cut. 
And I was like, <laughs> I just got it. Got I it. was like, I was like, yo, just give him a fade, taper the sides, like line up the beard, line up everything. And he was like, line up. Line up. I was like, yes, line up. Like this dude's about to change his no, life. You were, I didn't even know it. You were clean. <laughs> you were clean. And now I, I like, got this, now I got I like this little comb dude. over from TC and all mm-hmm. this stuff, man. Everybody's always like, they changed you. Yes, they changed me. No, see, don't don't say that. You had a glow up though. You had a glow up. You had a top five <laughs> Creighton glow up. You had a top five Creighton glow up. I was top five. You have a top five, bro. You went from the buzz cut and the no, like scraggly beard <laughs> to like the nice little comb over with some KDs on now. Like that, oh, yeah, that was tough. You came up, man. Oh yeah. You went from mom's cuts and blue Nikes to. <laughs> <laughs> the hair cuttery and KD, man, you I'm came tough. up. You came up. <laughs> You're tough. You're tough. <laughs> so he was a he was a so what's the he was a dunker, huh? Like he had to you had to like tell him to be a shooter. Or? Yeah, when he would come to open gyms and all that, I just remember that was I had the most like fun. Senior, senior, yeah, that was the the most fun times before we had before you had gotten to Creighton was when you would just come up for Saturdays. I remember, yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause we would have open gyms with recruits and everything. And I always was, was like, I remember cause I'm a freshman and I'm trying to get to know dudes, but I'm also like, Oh, these are dudes coming in. And I had always, I was just like, this dude's such a cool dude, man. Like you, he would always come in. He was a nice guy. Said what's up to everybody when he came in. I was like, man, I like this. I'm glad this dude's coming here next year. Right. But I just remember you were, it, it was fun, man. Like that's, that, that was the beauty of Creighton. I think like those Saturdays when we would just spend the whole days hooping and be around each other, like th- that was fun. You would come no in and, and your Stephs and your Under Armour gear and <laughs> <laughs> everybody would be asking, yo, trade this bag with me, trade this bag. No, the crazy thing is I was still wearing that those socks every once in a while. They get on my loop in practice junior year. And then Johnny would throw them away. <laughs> the Under Armour, that, that was before we were we had the real Nike deal. That's why. Before before our, our real Nike deal kicked in where we got more than like two pairs of shoes a season, you definitely – I was wearing Under Armour socks, I swear. <laughs> Everybody had them on, right? Hey, yo, hey, Whatever yo, you can get. Tell me about this though. Like, this is one other one that I've always wanted to ask you. Like, is your this is just like classic you? You just you find a way to hide in plain sight. Like, even with the the signing with an agent and not like returning for your senior year. Like, everybody's like, you understand? Like, the outside world is like on pins and needles. Like, they're always texting, like, "Hey, Matt, like, what's?" you know who's coming back like are any of these dudes coming back like you're like i don't know man like they're that's they're gonna announce all their decisions like just wait and like so you didn't even announce your decision like uh, uh, the agency just said like welcome on board mitch and that was like confirmation to all of us that you had signed with an agent and you weren't coming back but go but rewinding a little bit here you committed to creighton the night of the super bowl <laughs> That's, that's so just beautiful. Classic that's so beautiful. His own news, like <laughs> that's seriously like one tweet. You're just like you, you know you, how you're watching like a live event, and you're just kind of like scrolling through. You miss like hundreds of things. Miss just like <laughs> Miss just like commits. You see like a boom tweet from Mac, like that he got a guy, and then like it's just nothing but Super Bowl tweets after that. And it's like why would you commit during the Super Bowl? Like you just like to bury the news. Like what was the what was the thought process like? Were you just watching the game? You're like, hey, I'm just going to drop this real quick and get out. Hey, hold up. What? Yeah. Yeah. No, do it. 
Um, yeah, the Super Bowl night. Um, honestly, I gave Mac like I, I told Mac and D Rock right when I left the hotel, I was like, Hey, keep this Sunday wraps. Um, like don't release anything. Give me like a week, you know. Uh, because I needed to contact coaches. Yeah. And and just tell them, you know, like, thanks for recruiting me and, and all that. Like, I don't I, I don't like people finding stuff out via social media. Social media. Like, I don't like that. Yeah. Uh, especially people who have invested so much time in me. And, um, I mean, I had people when I was 15 recruit me and doing all that. So, I told Mac, give me a week. So, I was on the – I was in the car on the way home, and I just, like, you know, I was just – start doing it now you know so i'm riding home and i'm i'm calling coaches and i i remember like one of the people i respect the most is is coach kruger I, i'm just gonna go on a tangent real quick yeah go ahead oh, that's, a good one. that's a good one i texted coach i texted coach kruger and i was like hey because I, I loved oklahoma i thought i love coach kruger he got along with my parents small town kansas kid you know he's just different and he has a different approach and coach kruger said uh he was awesome he was like you're going to have a great career at Creighton. It was great to get to know you, like just all that stuff. Send me a, you know, good book. Mm-hmm. And, and then, uh, like guys like that had good interactions, you know? So then I went through the list um, and just to shout out Coach Kruger, like I texted him after his retirement. I'm like, hey, Coach Kruger, hell of a career, you know, you, everything you did, all that, you know? My parents, you've been great. Cause every time he came, when they came to Oklahoma and we went down there, like, he gave the time to my parents for like five minutes, just a different guy, you know, like I didn't even play for him, didn't do anything for him, but he's just a good dude. Um, and then he texted me back like an hour later. He's like, same stuff, like appreciate the text and all that. So I respect guys like that. So I wanted to kind of show love to them before I just, they find out via social media, you know? Yeah. So then I did it on the way home. I finished it. And then the Super Bowl is on and my, I was with my friends. I'm watching with my friends. My friends are all like, yo, like, you got to put this on. You, you got to do it. You got to tweet it. And I was like, ah, don't really want to tweet it. You know, I don't really want to. And I don't want to put it on Instagram. I think I did it on Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, I don't really want to. So then I did. And they're like, they talked me into it. So I put it on, I put it on Twitter and just kind of thanks, you know, I'm coming to Creighton type of thing. I don't even know what I said. And they were like watching it, you know, like they were like watching it. And I'm just trying to watch the game. And they're like, oh my gosh, dude, you have like a hundred likes. And I'm like, I'm like, cool, man. Like it's, it's cool. And it was like, oh, this thing is blowing up. And I'm like, all right, bro. Like, it's cool. Like, let's just watch the game. game. So then fast forward to this. And like, I respect people's decisions to do what they think is right for their future. You know? Um, I've always been a guy to, I don't toot my own horn, you know, like I don't like to like, let me just make my, my next move. Like, like, you know, like I'll, the people closest to me that have reached out to me, no, like they already, like there were people that texted me, like, like one of my high school teachers was like, Hey, like when the news hit, like he sent me a screenshot. He's like, I'm glad that I already knew this before. And I was like, see, like the, the people that know me, like, and, and I talked to like, kind of like, avidly then or, or like what am i trying to say like, like, like often cool. but yeah. yeah when i talk to people often like they they it was cool you know yeah. um so then all that news came out and uh i just like i applaud and appreciate everybody for doing what they do but like at the end of the day like i don't need a bunch of and i'm not 
taking shots at anybody or anything, but I don't need a bunch of interactions on social media to like excite me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It, it's just like, I have a weird, I have a love-hate relationship. I know it's just different. I know, but that's why it's I'm like, that's why like, I want to ask you about it. Cause like you are a little bit different. Like, yeah. And I haven't, I haven't adjusted to the social media world. You know what I mean? Like I have a love-hate relationship with it. Like this year I was trying to be off it more, but then, and like I gave up some interactions that I would would usually have, you know what I mean? So then when I get on, like I thumb through the tweets and try and find like like kids or like like moms or people that like say stuff about their kids, like or say stuff about enjoyment of the game or something. So I try to interact with those people and interact with those kids just to kind of because that's just what I like to do. So it was hard to find that balance. And then like the social dilemma came out or whatever on Netflix and that thing was a whole different beast. So then it was like, I mean, I just I just haven't came to terms with the social media thing. So it's like, I don't want to just throw it out there. Um, I remember John texted me and he's like, hey, Mitch, saw this. Is it true? Like, and I was like, yeah, it's true. Like, I'm, I signed with him and all that. Uh, but and then people start texting me like, hey, congrats. And it's just like, you know, I don't I don't need that. You know, that's not what you do it for. Yeah, that's not what I do it for. I don't do it for yeah. the, the, the retweets and likes yeah. and the comments and all that. I just do it because I love it. No, you know? And I, I get you with what's confusing about this new kind of social media era we're in, especially because I even have thought about a lot of that just in kind of getting into this media space now. Because with the name, image and likeness stuff, it's just guys are really trying to highlight themselves a lot more. Whereas before it was just like, you know what, as long as you're taking care of things. And I think this is kind of your approach where it's like, you know, as long as I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and making my moves, somebody will do like praise me for that. There will be some, like if I'm doing something worth like getting praise, like somebody else will give me that, like it'll come. And yeah, so you, no don't question. Need, you don't need to like go out of your way to try to get that. And yeah. I think you've always, you've always just been like that. And I, I know that about you. So yeah, like I, I even have battled some of that just with anything where I do with social media, like, Yep. Like, do I want to promote myself with this or not? Like, is this the light? So I definitely. It's the thing like, like nowadays, like you're going to have all this, what name image likeness stuff, like mm -hmm. you're promoting yourself. And it's just like, I mean, people it's are going to, it gets people exhausting. Gonna, yeah. I mean, I mean like I, I'm cool with the social media thing. Like I'm cool with people doing their thing, but like, let me do my thing. Like don't try and force yeah. me to yeah. like putting stuff out that, yeah. that I'm just not, or not like, cool it's true. whatever yeah just just because you're a hooper it doesn't mean yeah and i don't need to... i don't need any love like I, for me to go to sleep at night i don't need any love telling me people like how good of a job i'm doing you know what i mean yeah, yeah, like i just want to i just want to slide under the radar make an impact like like i was actually look watching something on tnc the other day with Shaq. Shaq bought somebody's ring or something yeah uh and and Shaq was telling like hey like i do that i do that stuff all the time like i don't need people to you know like film it obviously yeah. get it yeah i don't need anybody to shout me out or say how great of a person I am. He's just, he was just real. He was just keeping it real. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. Like, I think there's not enough, especially in today's world, like, especially, I think people look out for themselves and don't really care about the person next to them. And then while that's cool, like you have to have a balance, like you have to take care of yourself, but at the end of the day, like you can make an impact and, and find that balance of like helping people. And I don't think we do that enough, especially in, in, in America and, and throughout the world as, as a whole. And I don't think, I think we can do a better job of that. And if I can do my part and make an impact in somebody else's life, then that's cool. I don't need anybody to write a story about it, but if they do, it's cool. You know, like Matt, you do a good job. John does a good job. That's why 
That's why I give you guys crap all the time. Yeah, I mean, that's our job. <laughs> and all those guys do a good job. You know, you yeah, guys, yeah. media people, I'll give the media people all the time in the world because, you know, like, that's just, that's that's cool. That's who you are. And that's part of the game. And and I like that. And I like the fact that we've developed a relationship that we can continue and do stuff exactly. like this and, and, and build on when I'm 40 years old. You know, we can come back and I'll talk, shoot the crap, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, that's banking just, on it. So can we, we can put you in the schedule for when your 40th birthday, you'll get on oh, the yeah. scrub. We'll have a reunion. You can put me in. You can put it in for my 23rd, 4th, 5th. We, we have a birthday deal we every year. We got it marked down. Um, last, got I it. mean, yeah. honestly, like, part of it is, is uh, like, you, when you're, um, like, with John and I, and Jordan, you'll, like, learn this as you start to get into it. Like the more you're around it, you start to like see um, they're not just basketball players. You know what I'm saying? Like that's if you look at the way I act on social media, it's it's all about like player empowerment because you come to realize they're more than just like a three point shooting percentage. You know what I mean? Yeah. That they're yep. they have more impact yeah, on yeah they're they're more they have more impact on people than just putting a ball in a hole. You know what I mean? They, they become larger than life. Like, I mean, just you, you look at like, you look at what Mitch did in Omaha, like Marcus, all these guys who have come through, uh, you look at what Jalen did, you know, going down to the, to the bubble in Bradenton, like the impact they had on the, I mean, they, Georgia has their first black Senator in history because of what their team did to bring that candidate to light. Like there's so much impact beyond just the game itself. And when you're trying to tell these stories, you learn that about people. And I think what you try to find is just something genuine. Like, like there are people who are good at, like, you know, you told the story, you just told the story about Shaq and buying that engagement ring. Right. Like there are people who are really good at really savvy. And this is why name image and likeness when I help some of these people, they're really good at knowing how to act when someone's watching them to make them look like, uh, you know, a genuine caring individual. But when you learn about these people behind the scenes, that's how you know who they truly are. So like when you're telling stories, I, this is what I've always worried about with writing um, kind of like features of the person uh, separate from the player. It's like, you don't want to do that. You don't want to get like ahead of your skis when you're trying to tell these stories, because if you're going to write something that's very complimentary towards a person who has a lot of like inherent character flaws and is selfish and doesn't really care about anybody, you're going to, you're going to form a, a, a dishonest um, kind of picture of that person. So that's why like, you don't, you can't get too ahead of yourself and telling those stories. Like when you learn, when you talk to Mitch, when you talk to Jordan, talk to all these guys, like, and get to know who they are as people, then you learn what to, what part of the story to tell. You know what I mean? What, what's, what part of the story is worth telling from an honest objective standpoint and I think as you go out like uh, and let the community see it, I don't think they've seen something that's disingenuous with like with you, Mitch, like all, all that stuff. And I, I wonder, and then and you're talking about balance. So I'm wondering like, how do you strike balance with, you know, there's going to be negatives that come with interacting on social media, right? For every one tweet you see about a kid wearing your Jersey and like, you know, playing, you know, the, the Nerf basketball or whatever, like there's going to be like five more telling you to shoot more and like, you know, uh, do this, do that, like guard better, like all that type of stuff. There's a lot of negativity 
surrounding your platform as opposed to positivity. So like, how do you find, how should a future athlete, someone in your position, find a balance between um, cultivating relationships with people in the community and also, you know, kind of not getting petty with the negative stuff, like not letting the negative stuff make you jaded. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think there's, I mean, I think, I I think it comes down to like values and, and kind of how you carry yourself. Um, The moment you stray away from those, that, that core of yourself or that, those values or those, like what you live by and what you're, what you're about is the moment you start to feed into that stuff and listen to it. Um, I think, I mean, everybody wants to get someone's attention in some way, whether, whether it's positively or negatively, people, people do that, you know, like that's just, people want to be heard, you know, like that's what it is. And with like the shoot more thing, like that stood out to me when you said that, like everybody told me to shoot more, like, okay, that's fine. I said, I like in my head, I wouldn't be in the, the position I am today. Maybe if I shot more, like I am who I am because of the way that I play and, and, and how I approach the game. Like it, it has nothing to do with anything mental. Like it's, it's all me. Like that's just how I play. You know, if someone, if someone told me, Hey, you get in the game, you're, you, if you catch the ball, like look shot, then yeah, I'm going to shoot the ball. But like, I brought more to the table at Creighton than just shooting the ball. You know, like I could make plays off the balance or I could do things to get other people involved. And some nights I might have it or I might not, but then like you find the hot hand, like Marcus is going or Tyshawn's getting going, like find that dude, you know, like I'll turn down a shot if he's hit too. You know what I mean? And that's just how I'm raised and that's how, and that's how I play. Uh, I don't really care about my own. And, but listening to people, I think, I think the social media part, um, like I was off of it for a while. I was on and off, in and out, and I'd get on to see if I had any DMs from people because some people DM me, and that's how I converse with them. That's my only connection with. Them. I don't have their numbers or anything, so I'd get on and, and and do that. And sometimes with you, like I have you on 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 Twitter, like that's how we DM. We DM, and yeah, and it's just it's just uh, you just have to be at peace in your mind in every area of life before you just. Cause if you read something like everybody has something to say, like everybody does and you can't let that affect you. And that's the same way if it's positive, if they're just saying, Oh my gosh, you're shooting 35 footers. Like they're easy, you know, like take that with a grain of salt because with that, like you said, with that, everyone, you probably got three people saying shoot more, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's cool. Like everybody wants to, everybody sees the game differently, but that's just who I am. And that's, and that's what I do. But I think the moment you stray away from your values and, and kind of, your core system of what you're about, then that's where you start to let that stuff affect you. Um, but you just got to be solid. There's a lot of different ways to do that. I mean, a lot of people do it a lot of different ways. Um, I've found different ways to keep perspective of what I'm doing and, and what I'm about. And I think that's key to what you, like how you grow in those in those certain situations. Like, how did you feel? How did you feel about the bubble? Like, um, I mean, and it, I think it all ties together. That's what I, that's what Jordan and I've always said on these conversations we have on these podcasts. Like, all this stuff feels like we're isolating certain issues, but when you actually like back up a little bit, you can see how this ties to that, ties to that, ties to that. And I and before this tournament started, you know, you talked about the AAU aspect of it. There was a lot of uh, you know a lot of complaints. Um, first of all, uh, there was some on the men's side, 
There was a lot on the women's side. Um, volleyball had issues. So there were like some short, there were like some, some, some both shortcomings and both inconsistencies in, in how each sport was kind of treated by the NCAA. And I think it, it ties into this name, image, and likeness because if you get a player to have more control over what they can earn through their own efforts, um, it, it diminishes some of the stuff that they have to rely on the NCAA to give them. But like, how did you feel about uh, when the tournament first got started, and there was like the the not NCAA property hashtag was going around, and like a lot of players were kind of upset about. Um, just some of the things that weren't quite up to par, I guess, like, cause, cause I, like I said, when you're trying to find the balance there, you're like, all right, yeah, there's obviously something, some issues here, but there's also like an element of um, you're getting an opportunity that isn't given to everybody. So you have to find kind of like some middle ground there to be grateful for the opportunity while also still being proactive for what needs to be better for the people that are coming up from behind. I guess yep. where did you fall in all that? Like, yeah, um, or were you on one side or the other? I, I'd like to say that I see both sides of it. Um, I'd like to say that I'm educated in both areas. Um, with obviously the NCAA is a billion dollar industry, and that's just what it is. Um, but nothing's new. You know what I mean? Like, like the the platform of Twitter gives everybody that like like you said the hashtag not NCAA property. I think I mean that's their own perspective and that's their own feelings towards it. Um, and that's fair. You know, everybody, everybody's going to agree to disagree. I would even say the NCA understands and knows that what they're doing is maybe not fully, I don't know, for the players or for the, the athletes. I would say that, I would say that they're aware of that. I mean, they tried to propose it, but then they left it up to the conferences, but then the conference couldn't come up with a with an understanding of, of kind of what's going on, you know, or how we do this. So there's a lot of complications that come into it um, that you have to kind of – you have to kind of give the benefit to the NCAA. And at the same time, you, you, you have to understand, like, it's been like this. Like, you were aware of this before jumping in the bubble. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like – like you haven't, you weren't getting paid before the bubble. You weren't getting paid outside the bubble. They weren't getting, giving you gear inside the bubble. They're not giving you gear in. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like everybody bashes the NCA, but like they're giving you a platform. Like they gave me a platform to essentially like do what I want at the next level. You know what I mean? Like if you don't like it, then like bounce. But it's been like this, and and the crazy thing is, it's been like this. It's been way worse before I got to school, like now we're getting cost of attendance and, 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 but where I'd say on the, on the people side, like, or on the player side, you have a billion dollar industry and these players aren't seeing essentially money for it. Right. And and, and the part where maybe I'm a little in the blind, like blind is the fact that with that money and monthly, like I can pay my phone, like I can pay my, pay my essential things. Like I can do that. Um, I'm in a situation where my where my family's like we're, we're we're good we're well off, but there are a lot of people who aren't, and there are a lot of people like I remember KJ like KJ's mom couldn't come to games, and then like senior night they flew her out, you know, and that was the first one of the first opportunities in the last couple of years. So it's like you look at those people, and there has to be a balance because these people are essentially making this type of money mm-hmm. for your organization, but then they're not seeing anything. 
and you don't have to, it doesn't have to be money. Like it doesn't have to be monetary at all. It just, just give them benefits. Like fly, like fly his mom in, fly his sister in, you know, like, like that's what, that's what he was missing. And there are, there are thousands of those cases all around the country. Right. And I'm not saying I have an answer to it because obviously no one does because there hasn't been anything done. Well, it is like you said, it's more complex. Once you answer one question, another problem. It's more complex. Like, like you said, it's just like, it, it, it all falls in a row. But I think like I actually did a little paper over it. Um, I think people that should be in, I think the NCAA should compensate them in ways that like our flights to bring them in or pay for their hotel, pay for their trip to come to a game. You know, like people, people are trying to pay off their phones, their cars, their mortgage, like people have bills and, and sometimes you don't have the money to pay it. And so from the player's perspective, I think there's a happy medium where you can find a, a, a value that is consistent and accurate for, for both parties. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Like there has to be, I mean, if you just gave everybody a set amount, then maybe, but like, then it's different because the big 10 and the big 12 and the sec, they, they all have all the football, the big East doesn't have football. So you're not bringing in that revenue. Right. So, I mean, it's very complex, but at the end of the day, like, I think you just got to look out for your athletes. I think at the set, I, I think they don't do, a good enough job of looking out for everybody. But then at the same time, on the other side, I don't think us players are grateful enough for the opportunity and the platform that we are given to kind of mm -hmm. make a career and, and, and reach your dreams and, and, and make that impact. So in some, it's like, it's like a sense of entitlement, you know, like you're entitled to this, but are you really entitled to, entitled to this? I don't know. So well, I think like some of it is like, it's what's that old saying about like shoot for the stars and settle for the moon. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you have when you have a conversation with somebody, I always feel like it's way more the temperature is way more dialed down than it is if you were to interact under those same circumstances on social media. Just because like oh. texts, like even in text messages, I, I remember I'll get like I'll get like super heated with someone in a text message because they're not just they're just not understanding where I'm coming from. I'm not understanding where they're coming from. And I'll stop in the middle of the conversation and just call them dead on. So they can hear my voice inflection. Yeah, seriously. They can hear my attitude. Like, here's where yeah. I'm coming from. Stop taking it this way because you're making yeah. this more heated than it well, needs to be. Let's just get our points across and we love each other at the end of the day and we move on. Social media turns time, that up can, way too high. Oh, yeah. And I think, like, but I think that some of it like is a little bit overcompensation. Like, you know, yep. when, they, when they say hashtag not and still a property, that's like legitimate slave talk. Okay. But you're not the slavery was way worse. Like, let's just, that's, that's ridiculous. Right. But if you overshoot that, you're, you're, you're eventually going to get the, the powers that be to listen to that, to come to a place where you will be in a better situation. Even if yeah. it's not exactly what you're saying, like the social media movement of it always kind of overshoots a little bit. Well, it's like, it's like a part of that. I'm, I'm not saying this is related, but it's kind of like that, but it's like the cancel culture. Mm -hmm. yeah you know what i mean yeah. like it's, yeah. it's so easy it's so it's easy to say it's so easy to just dismiss it and throw it under the rug than it right. is to just hey let's have a conversation mm -hmm. We're, we might agree to disagree and if, to you the point everybody, if you get everybody in the world to agree with you you are a special human exactly you, do yeah. That. Yeah. you know what i mean like, well, it's, like it's it's it was like the 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 mac thing right it was like when when the mac uh when the plantation camp comment came out you everything you're flooded with mentions emails texts i'm just saying for me 
Yeah. It's all and like, there's no middle ground. It's either extreme this way or extreme this right. way. Right. It's all like, yep. it's not that bad or he needs to be fired right now. And it's like, yeah, 100%. I feel like there's a lot of territory to navigate yeah. here. So I'm going to stay here and see what I can find. Yeah. yeah. So, but then like you get like people like Ernie Chambers coming out. Ernie Chambers is a, like a pillar in Omaha. You know what I mean? And if he's got a little bit of a reasonable take in terms of, um, both in criticizing the error of the, the thought process and the comment itself, while also saying, I don't believe firing solves the makes it makes the situation better for the future. Like, like it was Jordan and I and Chevy, uh, Chevelle Sonsi, we talked about this right after the Villanova game. We hardly talked about Villanova. We talked about just like, um, Creighton not firing Mac gives Mac an opportunity to not only grow individually from that mistake, but also to bring people that don't necessarily see it as a mistake with him to bridge that gap in this racial divide that Omaha has right now. You know what I mean? So like, but, but if, if like what you said with the cancel culture, how easy it is to just send a tweet out. I don't even like using the term cancel culture. Cause I feel like people weaponize that. Yeah. Neither am I, but, neither am I, but like, but you know I mean. yeah, I know what you mean, but like, it's so easy to send a tweet out, like fire his ass, like, or it's not a big deal. And I feel like just you, that's just people, both, both parts of that are missing the big picture. So like, well, I mean, I to put it simply, when you have a conversation about it, can't you come to a better understanding of what the situation really is? It's that's not about, it's not about Greg McDermott in a locker room saying one thing. It's about, there are inherent biases with people that will say something like that off the cuff where it's not a big deal. And then how do you move on from that? Cause there, there is a future now you have to navigate a world where that thing is now part of it and you have to address it. You have to fix it and you have to build from it. Right. So I think if like, you know, just to go back to your cancel part of it, if Mac is just straight cold up, hard fired out of there, what are we building off of right now? All we're doing is punishing one person for one mistake, right? Justified or not. No one grows from that. Do they? Right. 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 How old old is Mac right now in his mid fifties? Right. If, if, yeah. he, if he loses his job and never coaches again, is he going to is he going to impact more lives on his own account on his own accord after the fact? I don't think so. Yeah, I think no, that's if you, true. I think if you keep him in that position and and he understands the gravity of that situation itself, he has a chance to impact more lives than ever before. Now that's a cool look he, at it. Now if he makes the same mistake again, yeah, okay, maybe we got a pattern of behavior now. And now maybe rehabilitation is not in the cards, but you don't find that out until you start on that path. And I think that's what, that's what you're talking about right now with social media. Like it has such a, a, it's just like, I don't know if it was intended to be this way. I'm pretty sure it was just like, so we could all interact with each other without having to be presence. And there's a lot of good with social media. There's a lot of good. That's what I'm saying. Like it, it, but it also can be weaponized in a wrong, in a bad way. And I think that's, but again, finding that balance. It's just, but again, I think the point is, though, it's just not the place. It's not a forum to talk about right. place, like where Max comments. It's a place yeah. to go when you're watching Creighton games. Like, it's not a place to go when you need to have a conversation that ends in growth, right? Like, mm-hmm. when you're talking about Mac, like, anything going forward has to be, like, gauged towards growth. Like, I think of even the analogy, like, uh, I'm thinking of now is what Mitch was talking about earlier. Like, when we would lose games, right? Like, we were going to still talk on the plane ride back. Right. Yeah. It's not like we're going to like, it, it was worse for us if we got on the plane and said nothing. 
it'd be worse for Creighton if they fired Mack and said nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, like it'd just be worse because then he can't even write his wrong. He can't even do anything. Right. So, yeah, it's but it is, but it is, it is, it is like, not the larger place point. A conversation when you're just like it doesn't yeah. have to be face to face, but when you're like voice to voice, you're on the phone and there's not like yeah. a just an invisible middle ground there yeah. that you can't get across to each other. There's just something about text that it doesn't come across the way it yeah. needs to be conveyed. And you just got to have a voice to voice eye to eye. Like that's what these, that's what social social media introduces it all. But people take social media a little bit too far because like I said, the temperature it, you, you, you radicalize people like, and some people need to be radicalized for, for good, but you, we've also seen now the bad side of that January 6th, people were radicalized in a very bad way. Right. All because of just, and then you see the aftermath of it. They're all like sitting in their, you know, in their, in their airports or in their courtrooms or wherever they're at. They're like, I just didn't think I was doing anything that bad. That's what social media does to you. It takes over your mood and you don't realize you're, you're losing control of like your general, like where you should be in general. And I think that's like, so that's why finding a balance on social media, especially when you're trying to, um, um, be uh, like an activist for NCAA um, reform and players' rights because it's Mitch brought up a good point about we have more benefits than past players do. Like even going back five years, ten years, tw- you talk to a player from twenty years ago, they're like, "What are you all complaining about, man? I used to like have a five dollar per diem for food. Like we used to, we our nutrition table was like an Arby's roast beef sandwich, like." You know what I mean? Like all those kinds of stories. So they're not wrong, but they also, what, what, what they miss about that is like, that was also wrong. The NCAA has grown monetarily into a, like I said, a billion dollar business to where they're, they're, they're the people that are in charge of making these rules for the athletes are like making millions of dollars salaries. Why? And it's like Mitch said, there are thousands of people, thousands of student athletes right now who are sacrificing their body um, playing through injury, playing through illness with a situation at home that, you know, an endorsement deal with a name that, that just benefits off of your name, image, and likeness, who you are, what you do, where you could send a mortgage payment off to mom and your three siblings or whatever, and they're good. Like you're, you, you, it's not much, but you're changing lives right there and you're bringing people up. And that's, no what, that's what the conversation is about. It's like, sometimes it's like, yeah, F the NCAA, F that, F that, and like the temperature's up too high. But when you actually have the conversation, there are issues and the generational gap needs to understand that like, yeah, they have it better than you did, but you had it terrible. And the reason that people are still in a bad situation now is because, I don't know, there just wasn't a movement about it now. Social media gives you the power to bring things to light that it was just harder to do back then. Like back then, if you complained all that heard you was your teammates and your coaches. And they were just like, all right, yeah, get it out of your system and then shut up basically. Now it's different. Like now you, you have power. Yep. So yep. Yep. That was my tangent there. Sick Ted talk, bro. Uh, I'm glad we got a t- <laughs> sick Ted talk. <laughs> I'm glad we got to talk about it though. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to know. Well, because I thought, I always thought you were a guy like you're not going to benefit it from, from it, but I'm not going to what you won't benefit it from it. But I always felt like you were a person who could have, if you were from a situation that needed extra, um, yeah, yeah. extra money, you know what I mean? I probably, I, yeah, for sure. That'd be cool. So I feel like it is going to be good for athletes just to have. It'd be good for people, but then it's also going to be bad for people that people don't understand. Because if they don't, if it's going to be different limits, like the quarterback's going to be making more than the lineman, you know? So 
it's going to be an interesting locker room dynamic. Well, the other, the other thing that I was thinking about it today was like, there are going to be some people who um, are motivated to be in the gym every day because they're hungry, hungry, like literally. Right. When name image of likeness comes into the play, like, I don't know. I wonder how hungry some people will truly be. Like if you'll lose some of that edge, I mean, people just lose their edge when they get money. That's just the way people are. I think it's natural. Like I look at like a, like Conor McGregor's like getting knocked out by like people he used to starch all the time. He's sleeping in like silk sheets now though. It's a little different life than when you're on the come up and you're like, actually like every paycheck is like about a, is, is like, you know, sort of providing for your family. So I don't know. I think it's an interesting, I think it'll be interesting in a lot of ways, but I do think it needs to happen because there's, there's a, there's good in it that hasn't happened yet for athletes that you guys just go through too much, like yeah, mentally, no. mentally, physically, and it, there isn't a balance yet. So we'll, we'll cross that bridge when you guys are like all a bunch of entitled brats. <laughs> we'll cross that bridge later. <laughs> right now you're not there yet. I don't think, I don't think you guys are entitled brats either of you. Are you? Do you think you're no, I don't think. but like give me give me give me 10 years to start and yeah shit on the ncaa kids like I, I i'll definitely come around i can see myself being like you kids don't know how good you have it i used to eat uncrustables in the championship center acting like i <laughs> acting 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 like i didn't love every single one but like i'm gonna be like oh i had to eat uncrustables you wouldn't believe not gonna include the steak dinners i had either not gonna drop that in there but <laughs> you know how you know how the stories change the years like you go out what was the yep. one thing you missed about this year jordan like what was the mitch probably didn't get it his senior year but like your favorite restaurants and whatnot after before games after games like going on the road what was your favorite place to go on the road uh i mean i always loved the capitol grill when we would go at butler that was always a that was always a hit oh, uh think of another one think of a road trip i know <laughs> crazy appetizers I mean, that one last what? year. Are conference or non-conference? Non-conference. Beginning of the year. Oh, you talk about at Michigan? Michigan was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> no, Michigan. Michi Michigan th those are th see. That's in a league of its own though, because Michigan. I felt like royalty at Michigan. Like we got to the <laughs> table and there was food already on the table. It was crazy. Matt, I don't think you understand how nice it is after two hour bus rides, when you go from this, like, well, no, nah, actually, let me give you the full rundown. When you actually go from practice to bus, to plane, to like, to bus again, to restaurant, you didn't eat the whole time. Mm -hmm. And the appetizers are there for you on the table. Different, <laughs> different. That hits different. Different, and they had the strawberry lemonade on the table ready. It, 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 oh. Hey, shout out Johnny though. Shout Once out Johnny. Again. Yeah, shout out Johnny. Man. It up, right? He was that always dude. the one. He was always the one. That dude holds it down. Holds it. Down I remember, like, we, the only time I ever got to like kind of like live that life was uh, you guys remember Joe Pop, right? Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, so Joe Pop, Joe Pop comes from money. <laughs> so, like his graduation party or whatever, he like invited uh, me and John. So we like went to his graduation party. I think it was at the Paxton, like 801 Chop House or whatever. It was like they got people walking around with like all kinds oh, of yeah. like yeah. And it's like, oh my God, what is this life? <laughs> oh, right. Oh, no, we lived it because that was like all the lunches that we would go to and stuff. Like they would mm -hmm. have all the hors d'oeuvres and things like that. Yeah. 
Good life, man. Had, had to teach us. Had to teach us which spoons and forks. which spoon. Do <laughs> I, hey, I'm grateful for it. I didn't know. Yeah. I, I didn't even know what Ala Mo meant until I went I to training. So that's oh, how I know. Bro, I didn't know what calamari was. No Ala Mo. No, mm-hmm. I didn't even know medium. A la carte. You had no they, idea. Now I know they it. Were all. Walking, they were walking around with all these like snack food type things or whatever, like little finger food type situations uh-huh. for like a first hour. And then we all find out. Then, like, you're not. Let me teach you the word hors d'oeuvres. That's the word. Oh, sorry. There you go. There you go. See, I'm educated on this. I know this, bro. So they were walking around with all these, or like all these hors d'oeuvres. There's like a whole display of like this type of stuff, right? And then you sit down when when all the people that you think are going to show up show up. It's like, all right, let's sit on the table and and get our menus. Like, wait, what? Like normal graduation parties, like you just throw the food out there and you let the people, the hounds, have at it, right? Yep. No, we're actually like sitting down now, like at tables, ordering from a restaurant after eating all that. I'm like, uh, all right. So like they give us our menus and whatnot. And they're like, okay, what do you want for your appetizer? And I'm like, uh, whatever. What do you want for your entree? Okay. That. And it's like, and dessert. I'm like, damn, look, this is a little graduation party. Like, what is this bill? <laughs> like, Who's running this tab of? I'm like, we got a three course meal plus snacks for a graduation party. I'm like, that's not how my parents did it. We had like a, we had like a yeah. ham tent and in the, tent in the backyard, like potatoes. Yeah, in the backyard. Yeah, right. Yeah, we had. I had it like in a in a in a church gym. So we were all hey, hooping. Big time in its own way. Yeah, I felt like it was. I felt like it was. We were all hooping. It's all about like it's all about perspective, man. Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah, that was like that was that's the only time I've come up in life is at Joe Pop's graduation party. <laughs> you got you got to come up today. We had. You got to come up today. We have Mitch on the podcast. That's yeah, a come true. Up. Right. That's true. It's always, always a come up. We're talking about a come up, glow up, whatever. I I really can't. you got it. You got it. Yeah, you you win. I'll give you that. Well, this will be the <laughs> first. This will be the first of many as a pro basketball player, though, because you know we'll be rooting for you wherever you. I'm not a pro. I mean, you're technically Yet. pro now, so yeah, yeah. I'm not a pro. Yet. Someone's gonna let you. What are you? What are you gonna be then? What are you gonna be a doctor? Not a pro. You're gonna, you're gonna be a pro in something. You're gonna, go no, no, you're gonna be a pro in some, but I'm just saying I'm not a pro. Not a pro yet. Yet, yet. That's the how humble okay. this dude. He's not even gonna call himself a pro. <laughs> yet. I yet. That's I the, no, I, I won't call you a pro yet. You just a college bum. Like now yeah. I can Ooh, say facts. it. Like I, I can say what people say to me. Facts, facts, George. <laughs> people didn't say that to you. You're just a college bum now, bro. Like you you're not you're not playing no more. You got come on, graduate. Make sure you graduate. That's what everybody used to tell me. When yeah, we shut sure. down, when we shut down last year and I came home, quick story. All the, the amount of times I swear that the coaches were like, just make sure you graduate, man. Just make sure. I'm like, did I not give any of you the confidence that I was going to like, I was like, I got like two classes. It's online from home. And I swear all of them checked on me every day. Well, because they've seen it before. They've seen them not. Yeah, that's true. But I just didn't think I was that guy. You're trying, but, no, you're trying, they're trying to look out for you. Hey. Maybe you're not that guy either, but I'm still getting on your ass the way they got on me. So make sure your ass, make sure you graduate. <laughs> I will. I'll graduate. Yeah, it was good. It was good catching up with you, Mitch. Appreciate your time. I think we got like always. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, we yeah, probably went man. way over your time slot. Hopefully, we didn't take up too much of your life. No, it's all good. I got nothing. I got a Chipotle burrito waiting for me, so I'm about to kill that. Oh, Thanks. that's what I want to go get. I think you just inspired me. <laughs> <laughs> shout out Chipotle if y'all want to sponsor Scurry in the Scrub. Uh, shout out to Chipotle. That was Jordan. That was hey, Jordan. Or Lou, Lou would say, Lou would say Chipotle. 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 <laughs> Chipotle. Chipotle. You guys want to go Chipotle? What? What? That was, 
that was Jordan's idea to like we're just gonna shout out a different sponsor every episode, even though we don't actually have sponsors yet. And see if and <laughs> when they send us the cease and desist yeah. letter, I'm just gonna be like, wait, or you could sponsor us. You could sue us, or you could just sponsor us. Right. Like, pick, pick <laughs> facilitate we'll the conversation. We'll that way. Hey, just find that that middle ground, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I, I might I might go over to Jersey Mike's and you know talk to hey, man. Jersey we'll Mike's see. goes crazy. Like, yep. It. See, we got we already got like two shout outs on this pod. That's Please right. Sponsor us. Yeah, Jersey Mike Chipotle. Let's go. Let's go. All right, everybody. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Um, we appreciate you guys listening. Mitch, best of luck going pro and something. 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 We'll <laughs> stay in touch, man. We'll have you on. You when you're a real pro, you'll come back on. Yeah. No, no, no. Every, uh, July 2nd, every birthday. Sounds okay. good to me, man. Yeah, Let's right. do it. Sounds good. All right. All right. See you.